Hey folks, I'm Craig Lipinski. And I'm Chris Dunn! <laughs> and I'm Seth Costello. Uh, is that... Well, that was spot on, Craig. I, I thought so. I thought it sounded exactly. I thought it sounded exactly like you. I was like, "How am I talking?" That's yeah. You sound like you sound like a Mexican Eeyore. Uh, <laughs> and this is episode one seventeen of the TVLess video game podcast from TVLess.net, where we imitate the other hosts. Uh, Chris is not here today. I mean, that sounded just like him. I'm sure you were all fooled at home, but I guess he wanted to see Iron Man three, and that was more important than the podcast. What a dick, right? He, he went to a prom last night. What? <laughs> you didn't see this? He's like, he's like, tweets, like live tweets from prom. And I'm like, what are you doing, you perv? Like, what is going on right now? <laughs> and it's, it's, I mean, he's going to tell the story when he comes back. I'm, gank- I'm ganking Chris's story here. He, um, no, his wife is a teacher, so she was chaperoning prom, and he was at prom. Was <laughs> <laughs> he like co-chaperoning? What's going on here? Well, I guess. Well, I mean. I guess it's only right that the chaperone had getting here to bring a date, right? You know? Um, I maybe? Free food. I mean, who really cares? Yeah, all right. And all the teenage ass as far as the eye can see. (laughs) 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 Dear Journal. So, um, I have been working on, and I'm really excited about this, really, a project I'm really excited about, um, a short film for, like, my YouTube channel. And I didn't, I didn't like really release any footage. It was like a brief, like ten second, like teaser I put on like the Facebook page and, and Twitter. Did you did, did you, I, did you catch that? I I saw that. Did I did I also see you like hitting up Ryan for music for this uh, film? Yep, yep. Ryan, uh, one of our uh, Kiwi friends, who is a guest host on the show, uh, he makes he composes electronic music occasionally uh, under the name Morning Moon and Mercury, and you can look that up. He does a Bandcamp page. And some of it's actually pretty good. Like he doesn't really. Some think of it, heavy. I'd like to stress. Some, Ryan, some some of it, it, some of it's pretty good. Yeah, he's gonna hear this. He's like, nah, it's all. He's either gonna be like, dude, come on, my music's great, or like it's all bad. Like he's, he's not. Gonna, he, it's gonna say it's all bad. Yeah, That's either way, he's not gonna agree with that assessment. But no, some of it actually is pretty good. I do like some of it. Um, the rest of it's. I mean, he's obviously experimenting. I mean, this is you know he's just learning and, and goofing off. So I mean, I'm not gonna hold it against him. Um, and it's, I think most of it's free. And I think the only thing he actually charges for is like name your own price. So you could actually get that for free too. He's not really asking for any money or anything. Um, but yeah, no, I'm using a track called I'm coming home. So, and that's off the, his, his EP cute planetarium music. (laughs) (laughs) I love Ryan. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, no, it's a good track. And I mean, and, uh, so it's like I said, it's a short film. It's only as long as the song about, it's about, which about three and a half minutes, not very long. Um, but originally it was about, um, I mean, you know, some of us maybe watch like my videos or hear us talk on the show or, you know, see our pictures on Twitter or Facebook and just think of like collecting as like this, just acquiring material possessions. But I don't know for me, like there's a bit more to it than that. Like there's a social component. Like I was sitting there on like Twitter last night and talking to like you and Chris about looking at eBay and talking about Metroid Prime 2, uh, Metroid 2, sorry, not Metroid Prime 2, Metroid 2. And I'm just like, there's a whole social component to it as well. And it's just very satisfying to kind of like look, you know, look, just kind of stand back and like look at yourself and see what games you've, you know, you, you've, you've gotten and like maybe the circumstances under which you did receive them and maybe some memories playing. Like there's a lot more to it than just buying crap, I think. And so I wanted to make a short film about that. But as I was filming it, like I was, I was actually just filming different, like just different circumstances that's, that might come up in someone's life over the course of collecting. 
And then I, I noticed that there really wasn't like a narrative going on. Just just the you know collecting games really was the narrative. But then as I started filming these scenes, started putting together, I realized that I was creating it. There was a narrative emerging there. So I reshot some scenes and, and started putting it back together. And um, I, I have I have actually have a lot of it done. Um, but uh, I'm getting a, I'm getting a, like a haircut in the next couple of days. So like cutting my hair like that'll indicate like the passage of time. So I can't really film more scenes until then. Uh, but, um, no, it's actually coming together really nicely. Like, it's, it's actually better than I have any business making fucking a short film. So, I'm, I'm actually really excited to, to get that out there. That should probably be up, I mean, this is, this is Sunday, this is Sunday the 5th, uh, and these go up whenever I'm done scratching my ass, uh, so, but, um, I mean, the, the film might already be up by the time I get this up. It'll probably should be, I'll have it uploaded on YouTube, mm, Wednesday or Wednesday or Thursday, depending. I have to film some final scenes on Wednesday, and it just depends on how late that goes. So I'm 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 really excited. I'm just shaking my head because I you're cutting your hair. Mm. Really? Well, well, it's gotten to well, it's gotten to the point because my hair is like it's gotten to the point where I can't do anything with it. It just because uh-huh. it's it's so thick and heavy where it just kind of I can't put it up. I can't really style it. It just kind of like falls limply <laughs> over the side of my head. <laughs> Um, in a very poofy way, so it's just, it's not like, it's not like yours where you, you know, you look like a fucking middle school grunge from 1993. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks Thanks. ridiculous. So, I mean, I'm not cutting it all off. I Even when I cut it, I still leave some length on it because that's the way I like it, but, um, and then, I mean, for like a couple days after I get it cut, I always look like Rachel Maddow or something, like it just doesn't... My friend always yeah. My friend always tells me that I have lesbian hair whenever I get my hair cut. That's that's, yeah, that's exactly my grandfather. My grandfather told me that once. He's like, got my head, he's like, you look like a lesbian. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know. I'm and, like, and, and my grand, I mean, he's just joking. I mean, my grandfather's totally LGBT friendly, but I mean, like, you know, it, it, I do. Like, it's, it's a really terrible, like, girly lesbian kind of cut. Like when it's like, just, I think it's like hair shock or something. After a couple of days, it's all good, but. Mm-hmm. So that initial I, shock. I, I think I'm going to have to cut my hair like sometime within the next couple weekends as well because it, it's just fucking long. I ha- I haven't I haven't cut my hair in I would say more than six months, and <laughs> oh god no probably even more than that's got to like maybe it's got to be longer than six months. Right? No, it was like last summer. It's got to be going on a year. And then I called to make the appointment, and my my stylist is leaving. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, I'm, I'm a dude, and I'm not a particularly vain one. Like, I might post some, you know, tongue-in-cheek vanity kind of comments when I post a picture of myself. But really, I'm, I'm but, not. But I, you have a stylist. I'm not. I'm not. Well, let me get there. I'm not, I'm not yeah. particularly full of my. I don't look like much. I'm not ugly, but I don't look like much. My hair, though. My hair is cool. But the thing is, like, as a dude and not a vain one, like, I never really cared, like, who cut my hair for a while there. Like, I just go where, wherever, wherever's convenient. Wherever, oh, mom, I'm in this neighborhood today. I'll just get a haircut. Um, and then this, this woman cut my hair and I'm like, holy crap, this is the first time ever. It wasn't just functional. It wasn't like, yep, it's shorter now. Like I actually really liked it. So I started going back to her and she does, she does a great job. Like every time she knows exactly, I don't even have to say nothing. She knows exactly what I want and I trust her. Um, but now she's leaving. I'm like, son of a bitch. (laughs) So yeah, that sucks. But I guess one of her colleagues will be cutting, will be cutting my hair. She, she said, oh, you're in good hands. I'm like, okay. Hopefully she was trained by the master. Mm, mm. So I'm very I'm disappointed at, about that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be donating my hair to uh, Locks of Love, actually. Are you? No, are you really? 
Yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, cause it, but it has to be, like, longer than, like, what, like, eight inches or something? It's ten inches. Ten inches. See, mine's not that long, otherwise I would. But that's really cool. That's really good of you. That's awesome. Yep. I mean, I, I there. I'm, like, trying to get it. I think I'm, like, at 11 inches for the longest parts of my hair. So I think that's, like, long enough where I could still have some hair left over after I cut it. Mm. So, but I'm, like, I... Over a year and a half since I've had a haircut, maybe coming up on two years. Yeah, soon. you've been a little bit longer than me. Yep. We are talking about haircuts on the TVS podcast today. <laughs> Hope everyone's enjoying this episode. <laughs> That's what it's about, man. That's what. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's. Uh, how have you been? I've, I've been all right. Uh, I went to a baseball game yesterday. That's right. You ate some food. Yep. That's I did. Thrilling. Yeah, I know. I. Like, I don't care if the Padres win or lose, so when they fuck up, because they fucked up a lot last night. <laughs> when they fuck up, it's funny to me. Like, I'm laughing, and everybody else is like, boo! Baseball is such a relaxing sport to watch. Like, people get so wrapped up in Like, I don't really, I'm not, the thing is, I'm not a competitive person. Com- uh-huh. Competitiveness only really comes out me during, like, the last 30 seconds of an eBay auction. Other than that, I, <laughs> I have I more that money feeling, than you. dude. <laughs> But uh, normally, no, I, I don't. I'm not really competitive. So um, watching like really intense like, game, like games like football where there's a lot of contact, even like basketball, there's a lot of movement. There's some contact in there as well. Like they just don't appeal to me because I'm just like whatever. You get you win, you win. I really don't care. I have no stake in this. But baseball, like there's not a lot of contact. There's not a lot of movement. Like you could you could I mean you know whoever's not hitting or on the field could basically eat a pizza between innings. Like it's not like you can really. It's not very active. So. I think it's really relaxing to watch. As not someone, as someone who's not particularly into sports or competitive, I think you know, just kind of hanging out at a stadium, just kind of um, or a field or whatever you want to call it, just kind of like hanging out and just watching the game and eating a bunch of crap is kind of nice. It is. It is. It's relaxing. You get to talk. You don't have to like necessarily focus nonstop on uh, on the action because I mean there is it's, none. <laughs> it's, in, it's intermittent. Yeah, it's yes, intermittent yeah. action. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I I've been like my dad's been taking a baseball game since I was like little, so I'm just used to it. Nice. I still enjoy going out to the the stadium every once in a while and just eating crap and watching watching stuff happen. Sometimes. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, it's pretty. It's been a while since I've done it. Um, I've never been to like a major league game, but um, we do have like uh, what is it called? Double A. Uh-huh. Uh, we have a double A team. They used to be called the Norwich Navigators, and I think were they were they a Yankees or a Red Sox farm team? I forget. Um, yeah, they're called Norwich Navigators, and like their mascot was like Tater the Gator, and and I and I'm like he's named after a potato, but apparently like Tater is actually like a baseball term. And I've never heard Tater. No, but that's there was like a contest named like some school kid named Tater. This is a long time ago because they're actually not called. The Norwich Navigators anymore. They're like, what are they called? I don't know. Something stupid. And like their logo is something ridiculous. Now, like Tater was really like cartoon looking. Like it was really kind of cool. And he used like a baseball bat as like a spyglass. Uh-huh. But now it's like, what is, is it the Norwich Defenders or something stupid like that? And it's like a really like stylized looking submarine because of course we have like, you know, the Navy's like major base here. Um, and it's just, I forget what it is. Is it Defenders? Something stupid. I hate it now. And, uh, but it's, yeah, it's been a little while since I've gone there. I, I, I've been out to a, uh, Lake Elsinore Storm AA team, and I don't know, they're kind of more fun, because they just get really stupid, like, they have a giant clam mascot, because I guess, 
And like the clam was like eating people, just going into the. I know. I, I, mi- I miss Tater. I, mi- I miss the the, you know, the actual ma- like Tater to the Gator, like the actual physical mascot. Like it was a really cool cartoon. You should look this up. Like you should look it up right now because he's so cool looking. And there's like a giant cartoon Tater the Gator. You come to schools and stuff. And I remember like in sixth grade, like uh, at the time, I think it was a girl who was in the suit. And like one one of I remember in sixth grade, like some of the boys like harassing, like kicking the tail and stuff. And they're like, oh, I didn't realize there was a girl in there. <laughs> Apparently that makes a difference. I don't know. But. This guy's funny looking. Right? But imagine that. Imagine like a big, like, like actual mascot of that. So cool. <laughs> but not, not anymore. Sucks. Anyway. Is that it? Just, just the ball game for you? Uh, yeah, I think so. All right. I well, like, I can't remember. I will what happened earlier I can't in the week. remember either. Like, there's, there's always these things, like, these little, like, little things in my life that, throughout the week, that are like, oh, yeah, I can probably talk, I can probably elaborate that on the podcast a little bit more. And then by the time, the, you know, the podcast shows up, I'm like, eh. <laughs> like, it's, it's really not that important. <laughs> Gotta keep, start keeping a journal of everything. I do, I, well, I do have this notepad that I keep everything in, but I, I, actually, the section where I talk about my life is blank <laughs> this week. <laughs> Oh well. Um, all right, let's do some video game news. We got we got a couple of things here. Um, there are a couple trailers released uh, this week for some big AAA games, which we don't uh, we don't talk about a whole lot. But uh, I did want to talk about these trailers. We got a we got a teaser for Call of Duty Ghosts, uh, the next Call of Duty game. I mean, it leaked before then. There was like advertisement, some GameStop stuff like leaked. Surprise, surprise. I don't know why. I don't know why these publishers like give these materials to stores that employ like like 17 year olds because they're just gonna put that on twitter are you fucking stupid like why do you do that first but craig they're putting their careers on the line by posting these pictures i know right <laughs> 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 gonna get fired from gamestop oh the repercussions i know right i don't know um but uh there it was just a teaser it was a live action teaser and it was about masks you know because the the the, the image, the I guess the box art is, you know, some guy putting on a mask that looks like a skeleton or whatever, and ghosts. And um, it, it says something to the effect of, like, how people around the world or throughout history have worn masks to protect themselves or protect other people or whatever. And then, it, and then it's like, and then some of us use masks to protect it, us. Uh. And then it's like, of course, then it's a bunch of, like, white dudes selling American jingoism at the end. And, you know, I gotta be honest, I mean, it, it shows images of, like, ninjas and, like, Polynesian warriors and stuff. And, like, you know, maybe I'm looking too far into this. I'm sure there's some people, like, Craig, just stop right now, listen to this podcast. But, like, I gotta be real, like, I, I, I that really rubbed me the wrong way. It felt like, it felt like, you know, these other cultures were being appropriated to sell more American jingoism. Like, what does this Polynesian warrior have anything to do with the hoorah, over-the-top, exploding set pieces... Of Call of Duty, you know, actually, actually, if there was a Call of Duty Polynesian Islands, I would buy that game. I would play that game, but instead they use that to sell more of the same. And and of, well, I guess maybe I'm assuming because I really haven't seen it, but I can't imagine that it's any different than the vast array of Call of Duties we've had in the past. I'm sure it's pretty much the same thing. Um, and I don't know, that just really rubbed me the wrong way. 
like, you know, ninjas and these Polynesians were like, there's a rich cultural history to that. And you're just like, ooh, look at these masks. And like, surprise, white guys with masks. And like, that's what it is. Like, <laughs> I, like, honestly, I didn't even care about that. But like, the entire time I was watching it, I was just going, this looks like it was filmed by, like, some dude in his basement. What? Yeah. I mean, for like a, 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 series that makes like billions of dollars like this is the most money you could throw at this teaser it, but, do, it does look really cheap it does look really cheap i mean there's that but i mean i wasn't as offended by that as i mean no. offended is the wrong word but just not uh, i was i was offended i was offended, I was offended on a personal level it it no it did look really poor it looked like some something like some dude uh filmed for his youtube series Something like that. Yeah, no, that wasn't so hot. But it was like a, it was like handy cam film or something. Yeah. I don't know. It just didn't look right. Yeah, like like just in the corners of a basement or like you know Carl's studio apartment, and they just threw some bed sheets up and just kind of filmed <laughs> in front of it. Got some like cheap moss from Michaels or something. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, no, you're right. For a series that they probably filmed that like really quick too. I bet you they weren't even planning on that. Like after the shit leaked. Activision was like in damage control, and they're like, "Fuck it, just get a teaser out there." Now, I've never played any of these Modern Warfare Call of Duties, but isn't there like a character named Ghost in one of them? Yeah, in the Modern Warfare series, there is a character named Ghost. Which I mean, I really didn't know. Like, listen, like I don't want to say I don't want to sit here and turn this into a Call of Duty bash fest. Most of our listeners know how I feel at least about it, but. I think the stories are really dumb. I can't even follow them. I don't know any of the people. There's no character development. Basically, you spend a lot of the game looking at guys' asses because it's uh-huh. just like with follow over their head. And that's the entire – like the character development is staring at his ass. So I really don't know who any of these people are or why I should care about them. There's like there's like Soap. I don't even – Soap. Is it Soap McTavish or Soap and McTavish? Two different people? I don't really know. There's some guy named Soap and there's a guy named Ghost. And that's all I know. I think I broke one guy out of prison once. Like a like a Russian gulag. I know that happened, but that's about it. Like, and then I threw him a gun, and I guess maybe that gun had some significance. Like, that's his gun. Like, his pappy gave it to him. Like, I don't know. Like, here's your gun. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't. I didn't realize there was anything happening here. All I know is that soap is my favorite name ever. <laughs> I'm sure it's- uh, I just looked it up. Soap McTavish. He soap looks like McTavish. the... Tur- it looks like the Tur- uh, Turok reboot, dude. Does he? <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's got that little mohawk and the shaved head side. And, yep. Let's see. So Tavish. Oh, that's Soap. I thought Soap was the guy with the with the mustache. I don't no, even that's... like this is what I'm saying. Like, I don't even know. Uh, no, the dude with the mustache is Spoon. Spoon? Is... Like, he has, does he have, like, light-colored hair? Is it... Spoon McKinley. I'm just making up names. I have no idea. I just figured it fits right in. No, oh, it probably does. That doesn't surprise me. What happens if I type in Call of Duty mustache? Yeah, uh, you're going to get a bunch of character models. <laughs> I got uh, this really funny looking dude with a mustache. Oh yeah, let me let me see here. Is that is that the guy? I got I got to look this up. I got to get my. I have two computers here. I can't do anything on the MacBook because it's slow as molasses. I, I'm recording the Skype call on the MacBook. That's literally all I can do on it. So I'm gonna. He has, like, an old-timey baseball mustache or something. Yes, yeah, that's pretty much Call of Duty mustache. Yeah, that's him. Who's this guy? What is his name? We will never know. I'm, it takes me to Games Radar with the 10 greatest mustaches in gaming. That's where I'm going now. That's what I'm looking at. <laughs> that's some guy. Who's must this? know. I must know his name. 
Captain Price. That's it. I'm a little let down. Yeah. Look at, I mean, he's got like, like mutton chops and shit. Look at that old Nokia cell phone he's holding. <laughs> that is the future right I there. Know. Price, that's not, get out of here. That's not modern warfare. That's 1996 warfare. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, he looks like he's from like the 20s though. So. <laughs> he just, he just got done with a shoe shine and <laughs> he's going to have a, he's going to have some whiskey during the day. No, I know. I hear that. Oh, well. So, anyway, I was not... Obviously, I'm not the target audience for Call of Duty. I could be the target audience. Like, they're... I, you know, I don't think you could be, Craig. No, maybe not. I just I just feel like it's it's come so far away from what it used to be. Like, the name sort of, like... I think that they named it that because it has weight. Like, Call of Duty. Like, really, when you say... When you space the words out and say them, like, there's some weight to that, you know? Um, but now it's, like, it's not even... There's no weight to it anymore. It's either COD... Or it's like a single word mashing in one Call of Duty. Like no one really like there's no there's nothing left to that, and I think that's a basically a metaphor for the entire series. I like it. So I mean, you know, back in the day, I could have been I could have been into it. You know, where you're storming the beaches of Normandy and stuff. You know, where there's there's some weight to that, but and now it's just exploding set pieces and and shit and doesn't and and you know kill streaks and so it doesn't really. It doesn't do a whole lot for me. Got to call in those raids, Craig. I mean, I mean, well, that like real, like real world conflict stuff, like in video games, it's like they weird me out. Mm-hmm. I, I just, uh, I don't know. Especially when you remove all the, like all like the gravity and the and the you know the humanness from that, it's just a bunch of like screaming at each other and. So it's sort of like when you make war a game. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it could. That's, I mean, it could be like I think the original intention because wasn't Spielberg involved with the original Call of Duty, and it was meant to be like this Saving Private Ryan of video games, and I think that was like their intent to have that human element. It's, I just don't think it's there anymore, mainly because, like I said, there's no character development. I have no idea who anybody is. I've played three Modern Warfare's. I have no idea who the fuck any of those dudes are or why I should care about them. Um, I think that's just all gone. And like even like Medal of Honor, like I had like I talked about that Medal of Honor on the GBA, and I felt uh-huh. a little like weird about it because I'm like, oh, this is a great arcade style action game, and I'm like, but it's based on World War II, where like a bunch of dudes actually died, like that actually happened, and here I am playing this top down like arcade style game on my Game Boy Advance. It's very strange. It's such a great game, but at the same time, it's kind of like this is a little weird. <laughs> Uh, is Guerrilla War based on anything? Is that like on Guerrilla Warfare's down in Central America? What, what, there's, I, there's a Call of Duty Guerrilla Warfare? No, but I mean, there's Guerrilla War for NES, and I never felt weird playing that. No, and that's a good point. I, I don't know. I don't know where that line is. I don't know why I feel more comfortable playing Medal of Honor Infiltrator. Maybe because a lot of that, the reality of it, is removed. Yeah, it's just like stupid. Made up stuff. I don't know. Well, it's not, uh, I mean, I mean, Infiltrator is not made up because it is based on World War Two, but uh, it's very cartoony, bright, colorful graphics. Like, it's not a realistic game. Um, I mean, you could argue that neither is Call of Duty, but um, you know, they they strive for realism. They strive for like I remember there was a Modern Warfare Two where I'm like in a jeep and some guy gets shot in the head right next to me and like his brains explode and he kind of collapses on the dashboard and like there it's like shock value. And I'm like, Would oh, Infiltrator okay. make it worse, trivializing trivial, trivial, uh, war as cartoony? You know, that's a good point. I don't know. I, I mean, I feel more comfortable playing it because it, it's not trying to be real. 
because mm-hmm. it is trying to be a video game, but it is a video game based on World War II. So you're right. Like for me, like I understand what you're saying. It could go either way. I I, I don't really know. I I mean I just I, sometimes I have like these thoughts and feelings, but I really don't have like good good ways to solve it or you know I really don't know how to yeah. fix it. And that's me because I'm like super comfortable playing like old NES games like POW and Jackal and right. and, and Guerrilla War and all that crap. And I don't know why. I mean, those don't bother me in the slightest. No, but. they just don't feel real because they feel yeah. more like a video. Even if they're based on real world stuff, they just still feel like a video game. Whereas Call of Duty, like, is striving to be more realistic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still very James Bond cartoonish sometimes, but. Um, they're starting for more realism, you know, and it just, it just rubs me the wrong way without any of that humanness. And, they, and like, I don't, it, it's so weird to me that like, it almost feels exploitative to me to like our military, like it uses real world weapons and real world military jargon and, you know, and our, you know, the actual names of our armed forces. And then a lot of our armed forces love playing these games. And I'm like, doesn't it, you know, I just, I, it bothers, I'm not even in any of the armed forces and I feel like. You know, this bothers me that it removes all the gravity from what those people do. But then these people play these games and they think it's great. And I'm like, that's so strange to me. You, yeah. do, do you get what I'm saying? I, I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. I mean, I have just one friend in the Navy and he's not into those types of games either. But I know a lot of his buddies are, so... Um, right, right. Yeah, no, I, I know was, what you're I talking about. I was like, about. look at that. I'm like, doesn't this trivialize what you do? Like, I work in IT, so I'm playing, like, these hacking minigames and games. I'm like, this is fucking stupid. But it's not. But, I mean, there's nothing, like, that's similar to my profession as, you know, someone who's in the military. I'm not I'm not really one of those military people that, like, puts them on a pedestal. But it is a dangerous job that they signed up for, and you got to give them a little credit for that, of course. And I feel like trivializing that is kind of silly. But then they sort of feed into these things that trivialize their work. And they don't seem to care, so why should I care? I don't know. Because it still bugs you. Bugs you right here. Bugs you in your in your chest heart area. It does. It does. Um, uh, so uh, moving on from Call of Duty Ghosts, we had uh, some character trailers for GTA Five, and so far there's been no gameplay in any of these videos for GTA Five. I mean, spoiler, you, Craig, you've played a Grand Theft Auto game. You, you know what the game plays. The Jack cars. Um, I, no, I know. I get it. But, I mean, that, that's how they sell games now. They don't sell them on how they play. They sell them on how they feel. And that can be an important part. But at this, but I don't feel Grand Theft Auto. Like Grand Theft Auto 4, I don't feel like played. I don't, think, I, don't, I don't feel like it played all that well. So you can sell Grand me on the field, but then I sit yeah. down and play it. And, like, Nico controls, like, a fucking, I don't know, barn stuck in molasses. Like, the physics in Grand Theft Auto 4 are, like, terrible, I think. And then the traffic is like real world traffic. I'm like, cool. I would go on this mission to shoot this guy in the face, but I'm stuck in bumper to bumper traffic right now. And if I drive up on the sidewalk, I'm going to have 87 cop cars on me, and I'm never going to get to my mission. They they went for realism, and realism I don't think is fun. No, it's it's not. No. I, I mean, it might be fun for a racing simulator or something, but for Grand Theft Auto, it's just bogs down yep. everything. Oh, absolutely. It just, it completely, like, sours the experience, and that's what I, that's how I felt with Grand Theft Auto 4. I was like, I was so bored. And, um, I, I mean, there are two, like, I mean, I think everyone can agree there are two core things to the Grand Theft Auto gameplay. There's driving, and then there's shooting. And neither one of those feel all that great in uh-huh. Grand Theft Auto 4, in, in, in my opinion. I think the the driving, I mean, the biggest problem with the driving is just all the traffic. They're like, look how many cars we have. It's like real New York. 
I don't I don't fucking drive in real New York either. I don't want to drive in virtual. I take a train in, man. I don't want to drive. Nobody virtual. nobody drives in New York because there's too much traffic. Yeah. If you want to fast travel, they punish you by taking more money. If you if you take a cab, you can sit there and like look out the window and that costs you money. And then if you want to say, oh, just zap me to wherever, it costs you even more money. Like they punish you because you don't want to stare out the window looking at their crappy city. I just know that going from San Andreas to Grand Theft Auto Four was just pretty much a disappointment in every single category. Yep. I mean, I mean, the multiplayer could have been good if like the actual core game was fun because the multiplayer, like the how the multiplayer component was integrated with the cell phone and you bring in friends, looks kind of neat. I mean, I'll give it credit there, but I mean, I didn't want to play that. You know, I wanted to do some stupid cartoonish violence, and instead, I got people walking around eating bagels and shit. <laughs> it, it really wasn't all that. So, I mean, for me, like, cool. You can sell me on all the hype and the vibe and the the feelings of you know uh, of these characters, but if you're driving and your gunplay still suck, I don't care how exciting you make the game look. It's still gonna play like crap, and. So that's why I look at that and I see, okay, they're, they're doing all these characters. They don't need to show gameplay. Press triangle to jack a car. We all know. But at the same time, like, if they don't learn their lessons, I don't care what they show. So why don't you focus on the gameplay? We know that you can get the cinematic cutscenes down. You've been doing it for years. Why don't you focus on what's wrong, not what's, what you already have nailed down? Um, but what was shown to the characters, I think, already looked more interesting than GTA 4. Because, I don't know. I'll give you that. No, it, it does. I mean, there's so much dissonance, though. Like, I'm tired of playing as the same stupid shit. A bunch of, like, man, I gotta get out of this life. But shoots a million people afterwards. Like, it's always the same stupid shit. The reluctant fucking criminal who then turns around and jacks a bunch of cars and shoots a bunch of people in the face. And it's it's ridiculous. Can I? How about we do a Grand Theft Auto where, like, you actually play as, like... Someone who, I don't know, doesn't want to really get his hands dirty, but you do a lot of... I mean, they've already touched on, like, buying property and um, I know they did it in a lot in, what was it, Vice City. Did San Andreas have property buying? I yeah. forget. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, they have that and you can work your way, but you can be on, like, this this mogul and then, you know, I don't know, maybe do some sort of, I don't know, sim kind of elements where, like, you can run like, uh, fronts through these properties that you buy and launder money. Um, Chinatown Wars had the drug mini game. Like, maybe you can That was really fun, That was actually. fantastic. And, they, you know, maybe you can start out doing that and work your way up to becoming, like, a drug lord and overseeing other people. Like, some of these, I mean, those these things sound sort of simish and, and Grand Theft Auto is probably more action-based, but I think those things could add a lot more than just stomping down the street and doing the same, like, follow this car, but don't get too close. Don't let the meter get too high. He's going to get spooked. Like, the same stupid shit over and over again. It's boring. It's, it's I don't want to play the reluctant criminal. It's a grand, It's called Grand Theft fucking Auto. Like, let me, I, I should play a criminal who wants to be a criminal and work my way up. I think that would be cool. And not some stupid idiot off the fucking street. Like, someone who's suave, business savvy, you know? And eventually you get to a point where you don't have to get your hands dirty if you don't want to. I think that might be more interesting than whatever the fuck they're doing with these games. I was going to say, pretty sure GTA 2 is just a criminal for being a criminal, but I think he's a dumb shit, so that criteria doesn't fit in. Yeah, that one was int- Was that the one where you could play the different mobs off each other? Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of neat. Yeah. I mean, just more elements like that. It's like they, they come up with these elements and then they abandon them, but they don't really replace them with anything more interesting. I mean, San Andreas is cool, but it's like... Okay, so, you know, I can't play all these mobs off each other, but I can get really fat. (laughs) 
there was actually a point in San Andreas where there's all these like faction war uh gang factions, street gang factions going on and like you had to like fight in your areas to control your territory and it was really complicated actually but it I didn't open up that. For, was that, was that yeah. optional or it opens up pretty far into the game I think okay so, I, mean, I, don't, I really don't finish too many Grand Theft Auto like, I finished one three and I think Vice City stories I really generally don't finish them I think a lot of people don't finish them so I'm, for, I, I'm pretty honestly. sure I played San Andreas for 80 hours and I did not finish that game so. <laughs> I know right you don't need to yeah uh, um, but I don't know. I out of those three trailers, I like Franklin's the best, just because it reminded me of San Andreas the most. I think. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. I like the music that they used. I mean, you know, Rockstar. Well, they always was, nail it with the music yeah. in these games. I mean, to be fair, I mean, like I said, like the, no, the trailers looked great. I just feel like we know the trailers are going to look great. We know you can do this cinematic shit, and you have the dialogue and the music. We know that. Like, impress me with what you've been doing wrong, and make it better. Like, impress me with that. Don't impress me with what I already know you can do well. But that's just me. I don't know. God. Yeah, as long as it's better than GTA 4, it's, yeah, then I'll probably buy it. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how it pans out. Like, you know, honestly, like, I have not been excited for it, but the more I think about it, the more I feel like, okay, I can give it another chance if they un-GTA for it because I really didn't like that game. The, the idea of switching between three different characters, though, I'm like, eh. I don't know how I feel about that, but, um, you know, just make it more silly, make it more fun. Like it's just the over, the, the over dramatic, you know, melodrama, whatever of, of four just was not, eh. Cousin, let's go bowling. No, exactly. When they thought they were being funny, they really fucking weren't. They really, no, all, all the humor was sucked out of it. And what humor was there was bad. There was, like, nothing to do in the city. There was no... I could buy a bagel. Like, there was just nothing to do. And the, the things that were there to do were, like, really shitty, like, billiards and stuff. And Bowling was the worst fucking, sh- like, shit I've played in a game ever. I know. It's so bad. And, it's, and, I mean, it shouldn't be any surprising because, like I said, I don't like the physics in these games at all. Like, I get stuck on geometry. Like, it, it's impossible to turn Nico around because he, contr- he controls, like, an overweight 40-year-old dude. So... I, it's realistic, cousin. I, I don't like it. You know, make it fast. Make it feel zippy. Like I want to. I want to. You know, I want to feel like it's you know actiony, not some stupid fat guy trying to run. And eh, no, nah, that's okay. Um, and then we got some interesting news here about a crowd source, uh, crowd crowdfunding uh, base game called Shadow of the Ancients, which is a, a you know a spiritual successor to Eternal Darkness. Uh, they can't use the Eternal Darkness name because that's trademarked by Nintendo. That is Nintendo's property. Uh, that was developed by Silicon Knights, uh, which was headed up by Dennis Dyack. And Dennis Dyack is involved with Shadow of the Ancients as well. I mean, it looks... If you watch the trailer, like, it's clear this is a follow-up. I mean, there's different periods in history. I'm pretty sure the Necronomicon was in one of those scenes. Um, and they have their, Darkness is eternal. Yeah, you know what they're doing with that. Um, so they call it Shadow of the Ancients. It's fine. Um, it sounds interesting. Like, I really like Eternal Darkness. Some people are like, oh, it hasn't aged that well. Some people are like, oh, it's always sucked. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, there's no... Uh, I don't... I, I can't think of any other game that, that kind of captures that sense of uh, dread that Lovecraft was able to write about better than Eternal Darkness. Um, that the, the Maximilian Royvis scenario was basically ripped right from a Lovecraft 
story. I think it was called Rats in the Basement or something like that. And and I, I had already read the story, so I played the game, and I'm like, whoa, like this is this is exactly it. And um, I think they did that really well. And I love, like, the limb targeting system. The sanity effects were cool. The different uh, god alignments were great. Uh, no, I mean, I thought that game was really well done. It may have had some flaws, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, maybe one of, like, two games Silicon Knights did well. Um, but this is also Silicon Knights. This is Dennis Dyack. Um, he ran that company into the ground. And as you said on Twitter, you said it before me, but I was thinking it, too. Crowd, crowd, crowdfunding this game means I have to give Dennis Dyack money for a thing that doesn't exist yet, and I think that that guy just has the managerial and financial experience of like a fence post. So um, this is the dude who like took Canada and Activision and I'm sure several other companies for a ride and did like jack all with their money. So I really, yeah, I'm not going to give him my own money. Yeah. Yep. I mean, if it comes out, I will take a look at it. I mean, here's what they're they're asking for: one point five million, and I think this is like for the first episode. It's gonna be tw- it's gonna be episodic, twelve episodes coming to PC and Wii U next year, um, with possibility of more platforms. Um, I think it's nice that it's on a Nintendo system. I mean, that that gives a nice nod to the legacy. But like a lot of like games for like the Wii U, they only exist in theory and don't exist in practice yet. Um, I mean, I like I, I, I like what I've seen of the trailers, which are not really gameplay focused. But it, it really does evoke that uh, that eternal darkness feeling. I like the idea of it being episodic. I like the fact that it's on Wii U, uh, but it's a lot of money, and Dennis Dyack is involved, and that scares me. I'm sort of surprised Wii U is a target platform. I think I would think there'd be like bad blood between uh, Dyack and Nintendo. Um. Well, he, he you know. Maybe he's not the dumbest businessman. <laughs> maybe he, no, maybe he just knows that Eternal Darkness came out in the GameCube. Uh-huh. You know, the GameCube sold like what? Like I don't know, seventeen units? No. So, <laughs> um, it, you know, the the fans of Eternal Darkness are Nintendo fans. That's who bought that game. So uh-huh. maybe he's just playing to the audience. You know, um, if nothing else. I wonder if he tried to approach Nintendo with this with this game and get it as an official Eternal Darkness two. What wasn't he shopping around Eternal Dark? He was shopping around Eternal Darkness too, and he had some internal stuff. Wasn't there like a big hullabaloo about how he, he was appropriating funds that were meant for like that X Men game and shit? Yeah, and putting yeah. them towards Eternal Darkness two, and then he was shopping that. So maybe this is that game. I don't see how it couldn't be. Well, right, I agree. <laughs> so this new what is this new studio called? Because um, I don't think he's like the founder or anything, but he's like the chief creative officer or something stupid like that. Like he's, you know, he's heavily involved with the game, but you know, I don't know who's handling the money or the management or anything like that. But if it's if it's Dyak, I don't know, man. Like that. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think he could do this as Silicon Knights because I'm sure I think there's like four Silicon Knights employees and they owe everybody a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. So, no, this is not happening at Silicon Knights. I mean, it's cool that it's happening, and I'm going to keep an eye on it. I'm definitely very interested, but I am very skeptical about giving uh, anything Dyak is heavily involved with my money. Yeah. I like, if he's not on a leash, I don't think he gets shit done. Yeah, right. I mean, that's why, I mean, that's probably one of the big reasons why, like, Eternal Darkness turned out so great, because Nintendo was publishing, Nintendo was involved with that. Mm-hmm. Um, what other games do they do? I mean... 
Twin Snakes. Twin Snakes is good. Was who is it? Was did whoever saw that Nintendo or Konami? I think both. I think it was a collaboration between all three. Was probably why again as well. I you know what I actually like Two Human. Um, I don't think it's like a great game. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a fantastic game. Uh, It could have been way better, but I enjoyed it. I won't lie. Um, They did okay with that. And then they did okay with um, uh, Legacy of Kane. So I've never played that, but I know that game has a lot of fans. So right, um, I prefer Soul Reaver, but the, you know the first Legacy of Kane. So Legacy of Kane's pretty good. Uh, I enjoy that. Two Humans pretty good. I enjoy that. And then you have two like really good games: Eternal Darkness and Twin Snakes. But I mean, other than that, like they just I don't know. No, and. Like, remind you that they just take forever on their fucking games. Like, Two Human was a PlayStation yeah. game yeah. originally. And then it was part of, like, GameCube trailers when they're first showing off the GameCube. Yep. And and then, and then they're better games. Like, like I mean, when you look at Eternal Darkness, you look at Twin Snakes, you even Two Human in its final form, they had to have funding and oversight from much larger, uh, more well-known entities. You know, whether it's uh-huh. Nintendo, Konami, Microsoft, or whoever. Um, they they had to be basically babysat to get those games out there and get them at the you know quality that they were. So with no oversight and just taking a bunch of money from other people, I don't know. Makes me skeptical, but I'm I'm interested and I want to keep an eye on it though. Yeah, I mean, if they, aren't they like trying to do this funding through their own site too and not Kickstarter or I, anything? I think so. I think so. Which you know, I mean. I mean, you don't really have any more protection over Kickstarter. Like, Kickstarter even says, like, these things may not happen. Like, someone, they, you know, you may not get your things when you invest in this. And you're always taking a risk. Uh, you have no you have no recourse. It's it's not even that aspect of it. But I'm just wondering if, like, if they're going to be able to draw in the uh, the amount of money needed that's through, true. through well, something that's not already established as, like, a whole thing set up. Well, there's already been some buzz about it. So maybe... But that's a good point. If they're if they're not using an existing platform like Kickstarter or even Indiegogo, um, yeah, that might that might hurt them. But um, yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, they should definitely use Kickstarter. But I, like I don't know, I'm I'm mad at Ouya right now. Where the fuck is my system, Ouya? <laughs> Where is your Ouya? I don't I have it sh- yet. They started shipping at, at the end of April. Uh, no, at the at the end of March. So it's been like you know over a month, going on a month and a half now, and and the thing comes out like at retail in a month, and I'm like, you've basically eliminated like I was supposed to get it early, like that's what the whole point about being a backer was, and if I and if I get it like a week before it comes out, yeah, sure I'm getting it early, but who fucking cares? Like they yeah. really made over eight million dollars, and they have like two guys in a Chevette delivering it across the country, <laughs> like they, like you think they could you know spring for a little. A little more warehouse workers or something, because this is this is fucking ridiculous. Over a, a month, going on a month and a half, I still don't have it, and they keep sending me emails like, "Here are projections. I don't care about your line graph. Get the stop making line graphs. Get me my fucking Ouya." <laughs> uh, I mean, like other people have gotten theirs, right? The press got press were like reviewing it, and like we was like, "Well, we didn't, uh, we weren't. Um, those aren't review units because they were it was getting like lousy reviews because it's supposed to be a beta. It's not officially released." Um, I mean, I can see both points of view. The point of view, A, that, no, it's not officially released yet. This is still a work in progress. But the other point of view is that, like, people paid $100 for this, and they should probably get something pretty cool out of the box. 
Um, I'm going in. I have high expectations for the thing. Well, not high, but I have reasonable expectations for the thing overall. I, my expectations are much more tempered for what I get out of the box, though. Um, but, yeah, well, I don't understand how everyone in the press, like everyone in his brother got one in the press, and I'm still sitting here twiddling my thumbs. How'd that happen? And uh, they weren't review the, units. They weren't review units. They're the press, Craig. So I'm a little miffed about that. But. Um, so that's it. That's, that's it for news. You don't have anything to add, right? I do not. Okay. Well, then let's do some listener feedback. Again, if you want to get involved, tvlist.net. Bam, right there. Front page, the TV list mailbag. You can uh, drop us a question or a comment. Usually video game related, but it doesn't have to be. We got some... Uh, we get some other questions in there as well. And uh, let's start off here. We have Africhi. Hey, guys. I was wondering what kind of TV shows you watch. I'm currently catching up on Adventure Time and starting up Doctor Who. Uh, P.S. To Seth, Rhythm Heaven just came in the mail this Thursday. It's awesome. Thank you so, so much. Yes. Greek delivery confirmed. Awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so always worried when I mail stuff like oh, out. Yeah. Super overseas. I hear you. Uh... I, you know, my favorite TV show of all time is The X-Files, and I do a run of that uh, about every year or so. Um, sometimes it's just background noise. Sometimes I just let episodes play in the background because I've seen them so many times. not a big deal. But I do a run of that. And, um, like, right now, though, like, currently, I really I really don't watch that much. Um, I watch, I'm watching Game of Thrones. I do watch that. And Mad Men. And I think that's really about it. I mean, I cycle through, like, HBO stuff. So, like, I'll watch, like, Girls. Um... What other shows on HBO do I like? Nah, whatever. I don't care. Um, yeah, you know, there are a couple HBO shows. I like Mad Men. I like the I like AMC stuff, but that's really about it. I guess I don't really watch a lot of TV. Um, I have been rewatching Fringe. Uh, I really like Fringe. I, uh, you know, it was sort of touted as like this, you know, modern day X Files, and it kind of started that way. And the first, like, the first half of the first season is just, I don't think they really knew what they wanted to do. And it's sort of, like, meandering, and then, um, and then it, the mythos starts coming, it starts congealing in the second half of the first season, and then when you hit the second season, it just, it's like, where the fuck did this come from? And it starts getting really fucking good, and the show is, like, just great. Um, what, rewatching it now, I'm noticing that, um... That they hint at, like, the, the overarching story much early on than I remember. Um, but it, because it's such a slow burn, because it takes, like, like at least half a season before it starts before it starts coming together. It's easy to miss that. It's easy to be like, where the fuck did this shit come from? But they do hint at it. They do allude to a number of, the, of those things uh, quite early on. So, um, no, it's great. You know, I, I recommend it. it's on Netflix. Uh, everything but the most recent season, which just ended, it was the season. It was the series finale, the final season. That'll probably be added in the fall uh, to Netflix. But if you have Netflix, you've never seen the show. I definitely recommend it. Um, little patience, like I said, for the first, you know, I don't know, thirteen or so episodes. Uh, they're not bad, but it, it, you definitely get the feeling that like they don't know what they're doing. Uh, but then it starts coming together, and it's it, it's and it's really really good. Uh, right now, I am watching absolutely nothing. I'm waiting for Breaking Bad and uh, Venture Bros to come back on on uh, the air. When is Breaking Bad coming back, Craig? Do you know? I do not. I don't really keep track of that. It's not until like I see someone on Twitter like Breaking Bad's next week, and I'm like, okay, cool, fire up the DVR. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
Uh, I like Breaking Bad. I like that a lot. Do you watch any of the other AMC? Do you watch like um, like Mad Men or Walking Dead? Uh, Walking Dead lost me like at the beginning of the second season. I think like it was the season that was started. Yeah, it started off really bad. I saw some later episodes in that season. And actually, started getting good again. But fuck, dude, the. The early season two episodes were so bad. I just I didn't. I, didn't I was stop the exact watching. opposite. See, I th- I felt like season two, like I felt like that series had good openers, like maybe like a good like middle like cliffhanger and then a good finale. But like season two was just a lot of boring, stupid shit in the middle. And um, what is the most recent season? This is three, four. I don't know, but it's it's been it's been the one that just ended. It was. It was pretty good. Like, they, they learned how to, like, actually pace stuff out. Because they don't really rely on the zombies. I think their budgets were cut back and stuff. So they don't really rely on the zombies a whole lot. Uh, they rely more on the human element, which I guess is, you know, what the comics do anyway. Um, but it's gotten a lot better because they learn how to space that stuff out and, and keep tension going. And, and it's actually pretty good. I, I, I enjoyed it. It did, it did get better because I agree with you. That season was but it got better. I did see some uh, of the recent episodes where they were in the prison and stuff. Yep, yep. I saw like two of those, and they were they were good. Yep. So I don't know. Maybe I'll try to get back into it and just like plow through the boring shit in the middle. I don't know. Uh, they started actually, they started losing at the end of season one actually with the whole center of disease control building in Georgia. And why would you, why would a CDC building have like a self destruct sequence and like an <laughs> AI computer that's like talking to you like your Iron Man and shit? That whole fucking season closing uh, was so bad. But no, so Walking Dead lost me, but I I was watching it when it first came on. Adventure? Yeah. Um, uh, no, I've not seen Mad Men at all. I, I like Mad Men. The thing with Mad Men though is I feel like there's no real overarching plot. Like, there are stories, but there's really not... It's more about the characters. Like, I've seen people watch it, and they're like, I really don't like it. And I, and I think that's fair, because there's not a lot going on. It's more, like, examining these characters and their interactions with each other. It's more about... It's more character-driven than it is, like, a real narrative. And I kind of like that, because the characters are compelling. And they're all kind of assholes. Like, it's really weird how people, like, idolize Don Draper or whatever. I'm like, that guy's a dick. Like, John Hamm's great, but Don Draper's an asshole. And, like, you don't want to idolize that. Are you stupid? But... That's a that's a great show, and it's great that like you know one of the, basically the primary character is an asshole. Hmm. Uh, Adventure Time, I do watch that. I, I usually like watch it like a season later, like after a season comes out, then I'll go back and try to catch up on the the whole season at once. And uh, Young Justice is not coming back, and that was such a good fucking cartoon. Craig, you like illusions? Like I, I rewatched the first season of Young Justice. And there's so much like stuff in the beginning of that season that hints towards particularly uh, Megan's later episodes revealing it's, it's like probably one of the best written DC cartoons that has ever aired. How long is what? How long is it? Like how many seasons? It's two seasons. Is it on like Netflix or anything? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. It, we'll probably get up there because a lot of the DC stuff's up there now. Okay. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I'm not a real big like superhero, like comic book guy, but I mean, if, you, I mean, if you're telling me it's really well written, despite the fact there's a bunch of stupid people in tights, I <laughs> I will give it a shot. It's real. It is. I think it is really well written. And uh, I've I've been watching like episodes of Batman Beyond here and there on Netflix as well because I never watched that show when I was a kid. Because I don't know after the like main Batman series ended, I was sort of just mad. I was like, what the fuck? Who's this guy? But that show's actually pretty good. Cool. 
Wes FX says, you guys watch that Defiance crap? I've been, I've barely seen any science fiction-focused television dramas produced in the past eight years or so, but I'm pretty entertained by it. Um, I haven't seen... Defiance is that sci-fi show with the video game tie-in, and isn't, like, the video game supposed to affect the show or something? I, I don't know. I watched a giant bomb quick look of the video game, so I've seen that. I've not seen the show at all. How'd that, how'd that, how'd that quick look turn out? Uh... The game looked bad to me. I, don't know. <laughs> I didn't think it looked all that great either. But, I mean, he's, of course, he's talking about the show. He's not talking about the, the game. I haven't seen yeah. the show. Um, I don't really... Sci-fi really hasn't done anything that's interested me since Battlestar Galactica. And that was fucking brilliant. I'm like, this is sci-fi? Like, this isn't about, like, giant sharks with, you know, like, lizard tails or whatever. So I don't know... <laughs> Those movies that they put out are so fucking awful. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm really not interested in defiance. Um, when it comes to science fiction focused television dramas, I mean, Fringe is good. I mean, I'll come back to Fringe. You can check that out. West FX, uh, if you haven't already. Um, uh, what else? There, there have been a couple, but they really like Terra Nova. That wasn't really that great. <laughs> I, I've never even heard of that. That's on, that. That is on. It's so weird. It doesn't even make sense. It that's on. Um, uh, it is on Netflix, uh, but uh, it was about, like, it takes place in the future, and there's, like, overcrowding and pollution and no jobs, and so, like, we basically fuck the Earth. So then what we do is we send people in the past to live there so we can fuck it again. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I mean, it really it's really stupid. Like, it's really corny. Like How far into the past? Like, dinosaur past. Uh, I think... It's like, like Land of the Fucking Lost or something. There. I remember seeing commercials for this show, like, before I, like, at a movie theater, like, before the movie started and before they get to the preview previews. Yeah, I remember seeing a commercial for the show. The acting was shitty. Um, there weren't enough dinosaurs, if you ask me. Uh, and, like, it's just some of the, like, the way it's written, like, you really, when you start watching things that are quote-unquote good and things that are quote-unquote mediocre and things that are quote-unquote bad, you start seeing the differences on why good things are good and why bad things are bad. And, you know, you, you notice writing and how things are introduced. So, like, like in, in, in the, like, the pilot episode, like, where, ta- where it's in the, you know, in the future, like, you know, the dad comes home and he has, like, an, what do you have, like, a grapefruit or something? And everyone's like, oh, a fresh grapefruit! And, like, you know, like, it's this really stupid standard bog, standard, like, science fiction fair, like, fresh fruit, no way, I haven't seen that! And it's, mm-hmm. and it's just really, like, you catch on, like, that's stupid, like, that's so trite and ridiculous, like, I don't even know why you bother with that. Um, so a lot of the dialogue and stuff is stupid, but like there was, there was, there were actually, um, there were actually threads that were actually starting to get interesting right before it got canceled. Like there was like, um, the, the, the groups that were sent back in the past were sent back in like, they were, what were they called? Generations or something like that. Um, they were sent back in, in clusters and like one of the clusters, it was like the eights, the sevens or something like that. They splintered off and they splintered off for a reason. So like this whole mystery about what they were doing and like why, and then there was like strange writing on rocks. Like there was like there was actually I'm making it sound really stupid actually, but it was it was interesting, in uh, in a sea of mediocrity. And then the show got canceled. So. Hmm. Womp, womp. Writing maybe maybe I got it. I know where they were going with everything. They were all gonna revert back to like basics, and the whole thing was gonna be cyclical. They, they are their I mean, they own predecessors. They were sending because they couldn't. They couldn't go forward in time. It was only backwards. Like the hole or whatever could only go backwards, and 
they sent back technology. Like, they had, like, technology. They lived in, like, They're... straw huts, but then they had, like, crazy computers doing, like, surgery and stuff. So I... <laughs> what the fuck was powering these things? Dinosaur yeah. power? They just had dinosaurs, dinosaurs and hamster power. wheels or something? <laughs> like, Flintstone shit? I don't know. I don't know. They were sending stuff back, because, I mean, like I said, every so often they could send things back. Uh, they just couldn't send things forward, so they could send supplies. They could send supplies back. Now nah, they're going to become their own ancestors. That was, that was going to happen, Craig. I just solved the show for you. That's cool. It's fine. Um, Bardia says hello, Mexicans and Seth. Wait, hi. <laughs> hi. Uh, well, I'm here to report on a bad, bad experience with GameStop. I went there this past weekend to purchase a 360 copy of Saints Row the Third. When I got to the counter, this guy seemed extremely determined to make sure I didn't get a copy of this game. First, he tells uh, my dad that this game is about beating people with giant purple dildos, which isn't even close to what the game story is about. My dad said, whatever. And the clerk is like, sir, you really should not purchase this game for your child. It is not a good decision. And I told the guy I already had the PS3 version. I was buying it on 360 for the multiplayer. And then he still doesn't get this. He tells my dad it's a terrible game. Uh, then he tries to tell me that Saints Row 2 is better and tells my dad that the fourth one is coming out soon. Uh, you, and then he puts in parentheses here. Wouldn't you want to play them in order? Uh, this experience has made me decide to pre-order Animal Crossing New Leaf from Target and remember, remember, remember me from Amazon. Worst employee ever. Definitely worst employee ever. I mean, that's... It, the, the GameStop employees do have to say something. Like, it is their... They are supposed to tell the parent, like, hey, this is rated M, um, just to let you know. But they're supposed to shut the fuck up when the parent says, no, I'm buying this. Like, where... What? No, you don't... First of all, you're, you are discouraging a sale. Like, you stupid idiot. Um, and number two, like you're harassing the, the customer. Um, I mean, and this is why GameStop gets a bad rap. I mean, there are other reasons. Like I go to GameStop because the employees at mine are awesome and they don't do stupid shit like this. I know they have to ask me, are you going to, are, do you want to, do you want to buy insurance or whatever for, do you want to protect it? No, it's safer at my home than it is here. You dingle dork. But they know that, like, I know they have to ask it and they know that I'm going to say no. And that's it. That's it. They don't like, come on, dude. Like it doesn't happen. Uh, but this guy's obviously an asshole, and I, that's, who does that? Who, who, who says, like, nope, I want to buy this, thanks for the warning, and then says, well, you really shouldn't. <laughs> like, yeah. Buy this no, other re- violent, buy the, buy the predecessor, which is also equally violent. <laughs> like, are you serious? I remember, um, God, I was, like, 15 or 16, and there was a store called Planet X, which eventually, like, fell in under the, uh, GameStop umbrella as well, because they became a GameStop, mm. and, um. I was trying to buy Conker's Bad Fur Day, and, and I was like, getting my, trying to get my mom to buy any the GameStop or the employee. He's all like, "Oh, this game's rated blah blah blah." My mom's like, "Oh my, I don't know." I was like, "Mom, it's fine." She's like, "Okay," and then she bought it for me. So that's that's how it should go. <laughs> you should be able to easily talk your parents into buying you horrible, horrible video games. Yep. When I was, I actually bought when I was younger. I bought Grand Theft Auto on the Game Boy Color, and I, I was with my, I was at the mall with my grandfather. And he was just like, yeah, whatever, go do what you're going to do. And then I had to go dra- – I had to bring him over there because I, I had to get him to say it was okay to have Grand Theft Auto on the Game Boy Color. <laughs> That's so weird, like, having to get the – because, I mean, I'm sure there's not a lot of mature-rated Game Boy Color it, games. It was, it was M-rated. I didn't really even think twice about it because, I mean, I've always been able to play whatever I want. I mean, I turned out okay, but um, – it it uh, it was definitely very weird, but like he didn't push it. Like that's what they, they that's what they're supposed to do. That is their company policy. I I fully endorse it. But this this employee is obviously an asshole. Like you you shut the fuck up. Like that's you warned the parent. You did your job. Shut the fuck up. Let them buy whatever they want. When I was seventeen, I did have a guy who would not sell me the Resident Evil remake because I didn't have ID. Yeah, I didn't uh, drive. I didn't drive it. I didn't get my license until I was eighteen. Yeah, me neither. So 
I didn't have an ID and he wouldn't sell it to me, but I like went around the corner to Sam Goody's and bought it there. So whatever. Yeah. I've always been good. Like I see, I, I, I've been a long time like customer of like, well, first it was EB games and then it was game stuff. Like I've been a long time customer because, um, I just been lucky. Like ones around here tend to have good employees. There are some that don't, but they, there are a couple that do. So I, that's why I go there. Like people are like, yeah, GameStop. But it's always been, you know, mostly fine for me. If there's something there like that has stickers, I'm not going to buy it there. Like I'll just choose to buy it somewhere else. Not a big deal. But I always get in with the employees. So like even when I was like even when I was 17, but like I didn't have an ID. Like they knew that, and so they just let me buy it. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was, like most employees like around here don't last as long. I had one employee who was really cool at one of the malls at the GameStop and he used to like have his GameCube set up with Animal Crossing data and we would like trade fucking furniture and shit and NES games. But after him, like I had no more ends. Like it just seems like employees just never lasted that long at any of the GameStops after that. And and that's the thing though. Like that's 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 what keeps me going back to GameStop. I don't know if any because I'm sort of friendly with them. Like I'm friends with them on Facebook and stuff and I and I talk to a few of them. And I don't know if they listen to this podcast, but they're good people. Like, I, I, I would not befriend a uh, game GameStop employee on Facebook if they weren't good people independent of where they worked. And that's the thing. They are good people. And that's the only reason why to go to game. There's no other reason. I mean, there's, I mean there, there are very few other places where you can go and get a PS2 game for, like, $3 and actually physically inspect it before you walk out with it. That's kind of valuable. But, I mean, as far as new releases go, you really don't have to go to GameStop if uh-huh. you don't want to. I just – I go there um, because I like the people. And if I want a game day one and Amazon has no real uh, benefit and maybe Target doesn't or whatever, I'm just going to go to GameStop. It's fine. It's no big deal. It's the same exact thing for the same exact price except I know the people. So that's why I go there. They're awful. <laughs> uh, uh, next up, we have Games of War. Uh, he says, hey, guys. Uh, last question sparked some good discuss- discussion, so I'm back for more. If you remember back in 1995, 2D gaming became, quote-unquote, not cool. While I was playing games like Astel, uh, Three Dirty Dirty Dwarves, and Guardian Heroes, the industry had determined 2D as stale and behind the times. Uh, by this point, 2D games had reached the plateau in terms of what the systems could do, while the early 3D games were, in my opinion, downright ugly. Don't get me started on early 3D games' uh, biggest nightmare, the camera. My question is, enough time has passed where 2D is seen as kind of a throwback to simpler times. Where do you think 2D games fit in as far as today's market is concerned, not counting digital mediums, specifically retail box and manual releases? Um, yeah, no, that totally happened back in, like, 1995. I think, didn't even, like, PlayStation, like, what, was it PlayStation or Sega who were like, were like, no 2D games? I think it was Sega, wasn't it? Um... I don't think so. One, one I, I mean, of, I'm, I'm pretty sure one of them was like trying to shy away from that. Yeah, because that doesn't make sense. Because like the Saturn was built as a 2D machine. Yeah, no, and I, kind I of think incidentally it was, did 3D. I think it was like Sony, but during the PS2 era, was it PS2? I thought it was earlier. I think earlier than that, like they were definitely shying away. Like maybe, maybe it was PlayStation. I don't know. I know somebody was, um, but no, that that definitely happened. And and you know these games, I've never played Three Dirty Dirty Wars, but like Astel and Guardian Heroes are great. Sega Saturn games, and they're and they're they're really they're really pretty. Um, they looked really good back then, but yeah, nope, the industry was shying away from that. And then 3D games were ugly. I mean, but that was that was growing pains. Like they were ugly, but they had to be ugly. Like we had to have that growing period. It's really hard it, to go back, but 
it's weird because games like Mario 64, uh, which seem to be graphically one-upped by stuff like Banjo-Kazooie and stuff like that later, when you go back now, Mario looks better than those other games because those other games are just like a blurry mess where Mario's like nice and simple and clean still. Because the textures were so simple. Like, I think Banjo-Kazooie yep. had overcomplicated textures. That mm-hmm. was the thing with like the N64. Like, the textures were were were, were muddy. You know, on the on the PS one, you had the texture, you had the texture warping, and that that removed me from the game more than the muddy textures. Like the text, like you would be walking down a hallway, and the hallway would be like jittering around. I hated that shit I so much. Stand that. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't like texture warping. Yeah, I mean they all had their individual problems, um, but yeah, Mario Mario Six looks better now because the textures are so simple. They they age better. They were cleaner. Um, but even like some PS2 games, I just don't feel like I've aged that well. I look at them like this looks like a dark, murky mess. Um, Dreamcast games, surprisingly, like, they're simpler. Like you notice like the joints in the characters' elbows. Like you see where the polygons actually connect and, mm-hmm. and stuff. But I feel like those aged better than even some uh, PS2 games. They, uh, look, they look cleaner and crisper, even if they're a bit simpler in terms of their textures or their polygon count. Yeah, I think there. I think there's a lot less um, jaggies going on in the Dreamcast games than there are a lot of early PS2 games. I think that might be the case too. Yeah, but going going back to what you're saying, I remember IGN gave uh, Skull Monkeys on PlayStation like a really low score, and their main complaint was that it was their main complaint was that it was 2D. It's like, oh, why is there a 2D game on this 3D system? And like. Fucking tell me the like tell me about the game because the game's actually a really fun platformer. But no, yeah, Skull Monkeys is great. Here, here's here's the um, except it's you know Ten and Paul was involved, but um, <laughs> I fucking hate that dude. Um, uh, but um, no, and you still see that stigma today. Like people think that because you lose that one dimension, you've lost a, a component of the game. And you see a lot of retailers do not release. Like he's saying, like, what do you think of two D games? Uh, not counting digital, but specifically retail box manually. I still think they're great. I still buy them, but a lot of the market doesn't. Like, really, only like Nintendo can get away with that these days, especially on consoles. You know, we were talking about this uh, what a couple episodes ago about Mega Man. Could you release a console retail, you know, 2D Mega Man today? Nope, I don't think you could. Mm-hmm. You would get the you would get the veterans, but you would get a lot of people scoffing at that because like, why am I going to pay sixty dollars? It's just 2D. As if somehow the game isn't worth it because it's lost a dimension, and I don't, I don't agree with that. I think that's silly. I, I remember when um, a, a Boy and His Blob was first being shown for Wii. A lot of people were like, "Oh, when's this coming to WiiWare?" Oh, it's yeah, like, yeah, no, this, yeah. this is a retail game. Just because it's two D does not make it a down, doesn't mean that, like it's automatically a downloadable game, or doesn't mean it's a lesser game. Like that's a great game, and it's gorgeous too. Like even, I mean, even on the Wii, like that has fantastic graphics and animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, nah, I mean, everyone discounts, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people discount 2D as something for like handhelds or downloads when that doesn't have to be the case. I mean, if the game is great, like look at like, we have like Donkey Kong Country Returns on the Wii. We got that coming out for 3DS. That was totally worth it on the Wii. Wario Land Shake It was totally worth it on the Wii. We have the new Super Mario Brothers games. Those are, those are worth it as well. Not all of them, but most of them are worth it. And... <laughs> There, you know, a lot of people scoff at those, but there's nothing to scoff at. They're fun. Yeah. And I don't think just because, because I played a lot of fucking boring games. Like, the third dimension will not make a game less boring if it's boring. Uh, there's a lot of stuff you could do in 2D that you can't do in 3D and vice versa. Vice so, versa. I mean, Absolutely. They yeah. each have their own place in there, and I don't think one is, like, any better than the other, just in in terms of dimensions. So, 
So to answer his question, unfortunately, I mean, speaking realistically, they just don't have as much of a place in retail, especially on consoles. Um, I blame kids. Anybody under uh, 20, it's their, it's their fault. <laughs> How many listeners we have under 20? <laughs> <laughs> it's all, well, there you go. They know they're the problem. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, I think our listeners aren't the problem. Yeah, I'm about to say, our, yeah, our listeners would probably be like, yeah, that's fine. They throw, know what this show is about. Retail. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they work well on handhelds. You know, like people because people give it a pass. So like retail handheld releases, you know, in 2D, people are less uh, critical of. And and you know what? That maybe that's where their home is. Mainly because I love handhelds. I would prefer to play on a handheld anyway. I have, I have no qualms with that. Um, but unfortunately, the market sees 2D games as lesser. They see handhelds as lesser. So lesser games belong on the lesser systems. Is probably the mindset. But they're dumb. <laughs> Uh, that about sums up that conversation. Uh, we have multiple posts from King Azam because this wouldn't be the TV Most podcast without King Azam. I thought we like said there was a two person or two question limit. We did say that, but King Azam apparently he's like, he, "Hear ye, hear ye! I do decree that I can post three times." <laughs> it's a regal order. Guess got to go with it. Oh man, you're you're a dictator, King Azam. You lost your way. Um, hey guys, so what are your plans for next gen? Any of you guys plan on buying a next gen console at launch? Uh, I already have. Um, I personally won't, and I probably won't be buying a PS4 for at least three or four years. I still have plenty of games to play on PS3, plus most of them are cheap. Oh, apparently he took our advice. I like how he says it, like, I came to this conclusion when it was really (laughs) how you told him this last episode. (laughs) That's fantastic. Um, no, I already bought a Wii U, and that's next gen. I really hate this word, it's not next gen. Like I don't think since when is gen, like gens like since when is that measured in like you know RAM? I don't think that's ever that's never happened. I, I'm not next generation because I'm nowhere near as awesome as my father. So it's true. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but the Wii U is arguably to what extent? Maybe we can argue the extent, but it's arguably more powerful than the PS3 and the 360. It is definitely more powerful than its predecessor. It is, whether you like it or not, nerds, it's a fucking eighth generation system. Get the fuck over it. There's no debate here. But, you know, yeah, I bought one of those. I don't know if I'm going to buy a PS4 or Xbox, whatever. Durango. I really, yeah, I, I really hate when I, wa- when I read articles from journalists and they use, like, colloquial terms. They're like, the Xbox 720, like, it's not called that. It's not, it's not Wiimote. Like, oh, that rubs me the wrong way. You're a journalist. I hated Wiimote so much. I hate you don't Wiimote. Even know much. I hate Xbox 720 because no one's ever used that term. Like, the only the only term that we have for this is either the next Xbox or Durango. Can we please just use the official terms, please? Um, Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't know what I'm going to do. It really depends on cost, uh, launch games. I mean, I'm going to buy a Nintendo system because, to me, Nintendo as a developer and a publisher has never steered me wrong, and that's why I got to play Nintendo games is on Nintendo platforms. So, so be it. I'm going to buy Nintendo systems. Sorry, um, but I we don't know anything about Durango, so I don't know. We'll find out here in a few days on the 21st, uh, but we're not there yet. As for the PS4, I'm interested in the social and sharing features, so uh, we'll see how that goes. But it depends heavily on price and and games. Yeah, I don't think, honestly, I don't think I've bought, like, any systems at launch aside from Nintendo consoles. I usually wait for, like, a price drop or something. Yeah, um, I bought, let's see here, I bought a GameCube at launch, a Game Boy Advance at launch. Um, let's see, uh, mm, none of the DSs were at launch. They were shortly after launch, but none of them were at launch. 
Uh, I bought a Wii and a Wii U at launch. A 3DS at launch. Yeah, that's yeah. It's been all Nintendo stuff. Uh-huh. No, nothing else. And not even all of Nintendo stuff. It turn, it, I guess. I guess now that I think about it, I, I do wait quite a bit too. But no, nah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. There's a lot up in the air right now. Like if and I have, PS4, I like, I have so much like if, if PS4 like launches, they're like we have Shenmue. Then yeah, I'm gonna fucking buy, <laughs> right, gonna right, buy right, that right. shit. I mean, if it launches and it's like three hundred dollars, and there are you know, and it launches with a new ape escape and it looks boss as hell, count me the fuck in. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be more expensive than that, and I don't think I'm ever going to see a cool ape escape ever again. <laughs> so, but, but he was just in that uh, fighting game that sold so well. <laughs> right, <He's> popular- <laughs> <laughs> the popularity's on the rise, Craig. Zing, uh, <laughs> nice. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, well, they did. I think they had an, a downloadable Ape Escape like move game, and I'm sitting here thinking like that would actually be cool. Like because the original Ape Escape was essentially designed to sh- like highlight the the dual analog control and show what it could do, and it really did. Like it was really cool, especially like because you had all these items that you used to capture monkeys, and one of the items that you could use was like you you would run with the left analog stick, of course, but the RC car item you would use the right analog stick to drive that around. And so that was one of the one of the uses. I was just like, you couldn't do that with anything else. It was really cool. Um, and I thought, like, wow, a new ape escape using the move. Like that, that that just seems like you know it's coming full circle. Like we're showing you know how this new input method, well, new ish. Apparently, you know they they did kind of rip off Nintendo, but this this new input method for Sony <laughs> could could be viable in a more traditional game. This could be really neat. And then it was just a bunch of like stupid mini games or something on PSN. <laughs> And I'm like, cool, like, well, you fucking blew that, didn't you? Um, I mean, I even thought the same thing of, like, the Vita. Like, put an ape escape on there. Show me what this back panel can do. Oh, it really can't do anything. That's cool. Great. It could goat see. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you can goat see. Um, so, you know, they really blew it with ape escape. Maybe it didn't sell that well. I don't know. Maybe ape escape is not a big property for them. I fucking love it. I think it's fantastic. But that's, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm not Sony's target audience with their bigger is always better mentality. Um, King Azam, once again. With with exams finally over, I have been playing a ton of stuff. I've been playing a ton of Call of Duty, Black Ops 2 online. Uh, I've been playing some GTA 4 along with Sly 4. Uh, I've also been playing Infamous 1. I also just finished my Ratchet & Clank marathon. I basically played through every Ratchet & Clank game. Uh, I basically played every PS2 Ratchet & Clank. I played every PSP Ratchet & Clank. And I also played every PS3 Ratchet & Clank game. I love those games so much. Just today, I bought Far Cry 3, and so far the game has been pretty slow start, but I enjoy it. Uh, also, that Ratchet & Clank marathon happened two weeks ago. I didn't play all that in the past week. I've always been playing a lot of games. I like the Ratchet & Clank games. I mean, my favorite is uh, the first PS3 game, like Tools of Destruction. Like, that blew me away. I Do you play the Ratchet & Clank games, Seth? I've played the first four. No, first five, I guess, if you count Quest for Booty. But oh. yeah, no, so yeah, I like them. Uh, I think those are great, and Far Cry Three is awesome. I'm, I, I, you know, do you have any like desire to play that? Not- I have. I want to play the new one, right. the, stu- the stupid looking one. Yeah, that one I have an interest in. But you don't have an interest in the Far Cry Three proper? Not particularly, no. Because I, I, I loved, I love Far Cry Three, and I just, I mean, I'm not even a big fan of pew pew shooting. I'm not a big fan of open world games, but man, that game was just so 
fucking good. That was great. Um, King Azam, again, Craig, thoughts on the Call of Duty Ghost trailer? I really want to remind you to rant about the trailer because it didn't sound like you were happy on Twitter, plus you guys <laughs> usually never discuss Call of Duty. We already did that, so I hope you enjoyed, I hope you enjoyed that, King Azam. Uh, you know, I am your loyal subject and... Uh, anyway, uh, I'm starting an uprising. <laughs> so it's just, we're going to overthrow this this dictator. Um, Clock Blocker says, "How do I get a bigger chance of winning the Super Mario Brothers competition the uh, the upcoming weekend? It's basically a race to finish a game of Super Mario Brothers." Uh, note: I'm already pretty good at the games, and no, you'll not be able to participate. What is he referring to? Do you know? Is uh, that- well, it sounds like he's going to enter an SMB competition. Okay. I don't know. I don't have uh, use use warp zones. Like, is that legit? Like, that's my tip: use warp zones and don't yep. die. Or other warp zones. Let's see: one, two, four, two, and then that's it. Then you should be at eight one. Eight one, yeah. And then so, and then what, run. What is, what is the path you have to take to Bowser? I always forget that. Do you know that? Uh, yeah, it's after every single lava pit except for the first lava pit. So the first lava pit you. Go over and then you go over another lava pit and it's the it's the pipe after every every lava pit. There you go. And just run, run the entire time. Never let go of B. That's that should be like mandatory for playing Mario games, anyways. I hate people who fucking walk in Mario games. Oh, it I drives know. me like, insane. Hey, do, 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 do. Where are you going, man? I'm like, are why doing? are you walking in this game? I don't. Uh. Uh, what and watch a speed run like. Watch speedrun, see, like, the awesomeness they do, like, fucking landing at the very edge of Piranha Plant pipes even while they're out. And don't try to do that. Just, like, (laughs) know your abilities. Know your abilities and, like, just do what you can do. And then you'll win. Also, at the end, like, make sure you have a mushroom and just plow through Bowser. Just don't even worry about, uh, about running under him. Just run right into him. Then you'll shrink, but you'll blink, and then you could hit the little... Why does Bowser have a thing that, like, kills himself right behind him? I know. Him? Don't touch it, guys. <laughs> I'm serious. Don't, I don't even know what that thing is supposed to be. I'm going to throw these asterisks at you so you don't touch my thing. <laughs> asterisks. <laughs> that's what, that's when I was a kid, I was like, why is he throwing ninja stars at me? <laughs> and they just kind of shoot out of his head. Right <laughs> out of his head, dude. I don't. I don't know where they're coming from. Why have I never even thought of that? Mm. Uh, Zavin says, "Hello, book readers and Seth." Ah, <laughs> uh, you fucking pleb. Uh, I read a book once. It was uh, awful. <laughs> it was awful. Uh, first off, I am of the male gender because we did Zavin sounded kind of uh, ambiguous. Uh, second, how far did you guys get in the super hexagon? I just beat hyper hexagonist last week and I'm just like amazed I could pull it off. It only took 38 hours. <laughs> there came a point where I was like, I'm not trying to finish these levels anymore. I just fired up on like hardest or whatever and just kind of screw off. I'm not looking because the hyper stuff like, nope, not happening. And by finish, we mean 60 seconds into the level. Right, it just goes right, on right. forever after that. Yeah, but 60 seconds is considered finishing the level. No. Um, I, I have beat everything but Hyper Hexagonist. I think I've made it like 30 seconds into Hyper Hexagonist. It's insane. It is like literally crazy that people can beat this stuff. Yeah. Yep. I but mean, some of the times like, you see like on like the leaderboard, you're like, what the fuck? Yep. Can't handle it. 
But no, I mean, it's a great game to pick up. I mean, it's a perfect game to have on your iPhone because it's, even if you're not looking to do anything, it's just so much, it reminds me of like, just kind of running around in Mario 64, or just kind of dicking off in Tony Hawk. Like, it's just one of those games you can pick up and play and not accomplish anything, but totally enjoy yourself. Yep. And then you get lost in it and you space out and then you're like, oh, three hours have passed. And it's like game over, and you're like, son of a bitch. Well, begin. And you're like, nah, 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 nah. You're just going. That's fine. Dude, I love Hyper Hexagon. It's like, begin, game over, begin, game <laughs> over. <laughs> I, I know the girl who does the voice for that. She's a, she's a freelance uh, journalist, uh, Jen Frank. She's awesome. Y'all should follow her on Twitter. Nah. And he's like, my, I, you know, I looked at, I, looked at I, was, I, was, I was curious, like, how many people follow Seth? Like, how how. How popular have I made Seth with the Team Elos brand? So I was looking at how many followers. You. Yeah, quite, you have quite a few followers. Surprised. But then you're following You're following like three people. <laughs> like you're not, he's like, Seth's like, everyone follow me, but fuck y'all. I'm like, I don't pay attention to what you say. I don't follow a lot of people. Nope. I, I get overwhelmed. Like the people who I do follow are people who have interacted uh, with me a lot on Twitter and usually who like insult me in a comical way. I'm like, oh, that's funny. And then I'll follow you. Yeah. I, I do follow – how many people do I follow? I do follow a lot. 442. Um, it's, it's, it's a mix of – I have some friends. It's basically like my Tumblr. It's friends, video games, and politics. Those are the biggest things that I follow on, on, on Twitter. Um, yeah, 442. And, and I think that the big thing for me for that is because um, I, I don't sleep. I'm always up. So, like, even when I'm up at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, like, I got to do something. Like, I feel like I, I'm not going to have any social interaction. So, like, you know, just kind of following a Twitter feed, you know, having a lot of people, especially people, like, in Japan and stuff. Like, I do have some, some Japanese stuff going on there, too. Like, it, um, I don't know, this, this is beneficial for me to have that. Uh, I do get overwhelmed during the day. Like, when I wake up, like, if I do actually sleep and I get up, like, at, like, 1 or 2 in the afternoon, I kind of look at my feet and I'm like, well, fuck this. I don't know what happened today, but <laughs> if it's important, I'll find out about it later. Yeah, no, I follow 51 people right now. Yeah, it's 51, yeah. Um, and third, what is your favorite fruit? Bosque pears. Mm, kiwi. Kiwi's good. When I was younger, I had no pa- I mean, I still have no patience. I would just eat the whole fucking thing, like the whole hairy tit and all. What the fuck, Chris? I'm not kidding. I used to just eat the whole fucking how does thing. That, how does that hairy skin taste? It's scratchy. I'm sure it is because you're not supposed it's to just eat like it. Eating someone's beard. <laughs> I like at at minimum, I'll cut it in half and just sort of like push all the fruit yeah, like into my out. mouth. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Nope. I used to just eat the whole fucking thing when I was a kid too. I didn't feel like getting up, so I just eat my apple cores. <laughs> what, Craig? Like, I'm pretty sure apple seeds have trace amounts of cyanide in them. I turned out. I'm like, <laughs> I turned out okay. And they're so bitter and gross tasting. Why would you even eat that? Because I'm lazy. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I used to chew up sunflower seeds and just like swallow everything. I would eat. I would do that too. But I did that because like I didn't know how to crack them. I was like small. I was probably like five or six. My patient, like the fucking like work to payoff ratio for sunflower seeds is bullshit. So I'm just gonna eat the whole thing. You are like a garbage disposal. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't do that now. Well, some I don't eat sunflower seeds now, but if I did, yeah, I would eat the whole thing. But I don't eat whole apples or whole kiwis now. 
I mean, I'm talking like I'm talking like I'm eight years old or whatever, dude. Not... You just pop the thing in your mouth and just start chomping away. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah, yeah pretty much. That sounds about right. You're like, oh, fuck, chicken bones. The trash can's <laughs> all the way over there. I was, yeah, I was the inspiration for the new KFC boneless chicken campaign. I ate the bones. It wasn't even a question with me. It was a declaration. I ate the bones. I would some sort of uh, sometimes crack the bones open, just suck that marrow out. Oh, come on, did that really happen? Yep. <laughs> Sweet, delicious bone marrow. You're like an X-Files monster. <laughs> well, why is it there? I'm like, I don't want to waste bone marrow. It's perfectly good bone marrow. <laughs> people wait People wait years for these transplants for this shit. I'm just going to suck it out. <laughs> uh, I read that's probably how the human species got its little start, being able to survive, is eating bone marrow, Craig. I'm just going back to my roots. No, really? Did you read this like National Geographic or something? I saw it on... Probably National Geographic Channel. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it on Huffington Post. Oh, great. Oh, awesome. That's... No, no, it was definitely, it was, um, yeah, it was some human TV thing. They're like, yeah, they're people. They can't, like, fight off the other scavengers that are bigger than them. So, like, what's left? Bones. And what's in the bones? Marrow. And so they probably just ate a bunch of that shit before we invented, and then you know, died guns. And still gave way to the stronger people. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right on. Uh, Noah says, what one 3DS game are you most looking forward to this year? Personally, it'd be Animal Crossing for me because that XL is looking fine. Um, a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people have compared it to a Pop-Tart, but I, I, I do like that. I do like it's, that. It's one of those, it's like one of those fucking, uh, bags, fashion handbag thingies. I can't, I don't know, like Louis Vuitton, I don't know. Uh, any... Yeah, uh, some people don't like it. I really do. I, I like that a lot. I like the Luigi one. Fuck, I would double dip. The Luigi on one, I love. I would double dip on XL for that Luigi one. I'm not kidding. Um, I might even sell my Pikachu one for that Luigi one. I like that. I, I can't remember who said this. Somebody said there's like one Mario silhouette on there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, there is. On the back, there is in, in like, if I remember correctly, there's the upper, on the back, upper right, uh, right-hand corner, there is a Mario silhouette. Yeah. That's perfect. That is great, isn't it? Yep. Uh, Luigi time, motherfucker. But uh, what game? What game? What games are coming out? Um... You know, there's we we got that. Um, uh, what is that? What is that crossover one? Project Cross Zone. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Project Cross Zone, um, Shin Megami Tensei Four, Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D, Animal Crossing New Leaf, um, uh, The Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past Two. Oh, is that coming out? That's this year. That's yeah, this year. that is this year. Uh, Mario and Luigi Three, uh, Mario Golf. Uh, we have a, we have a lot of stuff, and I don't know. Uh, I can't pick. I mean, all, because I really don't. I don't really look that far ahead. I because I would get overwhelmed with game releases. I don't pre-order more than a month out. I really. That's why on the show we talk about quarters of games that we're looking forward to rather than an entire year because release dates move. I would just get overwhelmed. So I'm just gonna say for right now it would be Animal Crossing because that's just a more immediate release. Um, but I mean. Basically, all those games I just said I'm looking forward to. Uh, Mario and Luigi. Th- no, it's four, isn't it? Mario and Luigi. Oh, four, 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 four. Yes, you're right. My bad. Yeah, that, that for me. I love those games. Well, except for Partners in Time. God, that was dumb. <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad. No, it's, yeah, it's not. Um, also, what games would you like to see localized for the 3DS? Sly Mori Mori 3, please. Super please. Super please. Dragon Quest Seven announcement would be nice. That would be, you know, I would be surprised if that didn't come. 
Me too. Especially with Nintendo, like, you know, just kind of, you know, rubbing Square Enix's thigh under the table lately. Because <laughs> that's been happening a lot. So I would I would be surprised. That, especially we got all the other ones. So um, I actually have, if I get that, like, I would have, like, almost, I would pretty much have all the Dragon Quests on handhelds. I'm missing Dragon Quest 1 and 2 for the Game Boy. I do want to get that, but the, that doesn't, the complete box doesn't come up on eBay very often. But I have three, four, five, six. With seven coming out, that would be awesome. I mean, I have eight on the PS2 as well. When you say, like, we got all the others, I'd like to point out, like, six was barely. Like, we got it way after the Japanese That's release. True. That was skin of our teeth, but... Yeah. I mean, with, with I mean, the 3DS is doing better, but there's still... I mean, it's actually it's doing great, but there's still this perception that Nintendo has no games. So anything that Nintendo can do to just come out guns blazing on the 3DS, I think they should do, mainly because it benefits me. But Dragon Quest Seven, they should definitely do. And I, like I said, I would be surprised they didn't do it at some point. Uh-huh. But I am very, I am sorely disappointed we did not get Slime Mori Mori Three. And for those not in the know, that is um, on the DS. We got a game called Rocket Slime. Uh, that was a Square Enix game, and you played as a slime monster from Dragon Quest. And that was actually in Japan. Like in Japan, that was Slime Mori Mori Two. The first one was on the Game Boy Advance. Seth has played it. Um, and I love Rocket Slime. I thought that was awesome. Like, this really great little gem on the DS. And um, we never got the its predecessor, and we haven't got its sequel, and we probably never will, which is a shame. I'm going to have to buy a Japanese freaking 3DS just to play that one game. I, You know, I, I, I'm getting a Japanese 3DS, so I will probably import it. The Luigi one? No, you're getting that fucking Shimagami, aren't you? I am. I'm getting the Mega Ten one. I got. I got to pay for that pre order. I have it on pre order. It's like three hundred fifty bucks. I just. I just <laughs> yeah. spent. I didn't. I just spent like five hundred dollars on eBay. Craig. I me did. too. I was I've like, been like on a crazy eBay kick lately. Me too. I was like, whatever. Like I only live once. Yolo. So <laughs> I bought a bunch of Game Boy. I bought those Game Boy Color games. I was talking. About. I just bought um, Metal Gear Solid. Like you just bought that too, right? I uh, yeah, I did. And what did you? What did you pay for that, Seth? It was forty one dollars. That is fantastic. I I, it, I paid sixty, which I thought was a good deal because normally like they're listed as like a hundred. So I'm like, oh, almost half price. This is great. And you got it for less than half. That's awesome. It was a buy it now that had just gone up. Wow, dude, swoop right in. That's nice. Yep, yep. Um, I got Resident Evil Guide in. Those are normally listed for a hundred plus, but one guy he had uh, uh, or best offer, so I threw at him seventy, and he took that. So. I mean, I was nice. happy with that. I was happy with that. I mean, it's still hot. Is that, is that game good? I mean, I've I never... have not played yet. It got it got it did not get good reviews, but like I'm looking at it, it almost seems like almost like a Resident Evil like role playing game in some ways. You know, mm. you got this top down view, and then when you encounter an enemy, like you can struggle off of them, or then it goes into like this first person like shooting view, and you got this slider that goes across the screen, and then you have to press the button when the slider hits a target area to shoot the zombie, and that's the battle system. So it's like making free throws in a basketball game. Uh, yeah, it's just like Barkley shut up and jam guide in, which I am not good at. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not excited to. Do it. But you know, it doesn't look bad. So I just, I don't know. Maybe just because you know, people are like, well, you know, Resident Evil can't be pulled off on the Game Boy, and maybe, and maybe that's you know, that was the tone kind of back then. So uh, I'm willing to approach it for what it is. And like I said, it looks a bit like a Resident Evil RPG, and I can be down for that. Is it just Leon in the game, or no? Leon, Barry, and then some new character unique to that game. Leon and Barry together—that's crazy. Yeah, that's craziness. Isn't that cool? 
So, uh, yeah, I'm actually excited to play because I just got it yesterday. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but it's nice and crisp. I was very excited to get that. And I did Metal Gear Solid. I did the two Oracle games. Um, I did Magi Nation and Crystalis. But, I mean, I already own I already own the Oracle games. I own Metal Gear Solid. I own Crystalis. So I'm just going to pop in my carts. Um, well, actually, the, my Crystalis card I don't have an attachment to. I just kind of bought that for cheap. Um but, like, my oracles are my original oracles. Those I got at launch. Um, so I'm just going to pop in mine and then flip the others. And so even though I spent a lot of money, I'll make a little bit of it back at least. Yeah, um, I'm mad because I just had to, like, rebuy Mischief Makers and Beetle Adventure Racing boxes because of fucking Silverfish damage. Were you able to get just the boxes for those? No. Ugh, so... How much does Mischief Makers go for? Uh, I actually got mine for forty bucks box. Is that is that now is that normal or is that? Better I don't. There there weren't a lot of boxes like box copies. So, oh, so there's no nothing to really based on then. Yeah, I hate that because then you're just like I don't know. Is this a good deal? I can't tell. Um, I don't have mischief makers. I kind of want to get that. Now that you mentioned. Do you, do you want my munched on version? How bad munched are we talking? Um, I mean, not, I'm not going to turn down. A, I mean, if it's free, I'm not going to turn it down either way. Not horrible. I'll. I'll I'll show you some pics. Okay, cool. No, I really appreciate it. That's 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 uh, that's, that's super cool of you. Um, but uh, I also did an auction for a bunch of empty, not empty actually, uh, no game N sixty four boxes. So like they have the manuals, all the inserts, they're crisp, and it was for Super Mario sixty four, Super Mario Kart, Goldeneye, Star Fox, the big Star Fox with the Rumble Pack, um, Castlevania, and F Zero X, and oh, and Paper Mario, and. That kind of went high. I didn't say on Twitter how much I paid, but I, I paid like 120 for that, um, and which is a lot. And mm-hmm. but when you stop and think of like I stopped and look at the prices of some of these, Paper Mario alone goes for between 70 and 80. Like sells. Like I looked at complete listings between 70 and 80 dollars complete on on eBay. I have the loose cart, which I already paid for a million years ago. Probably paid like five dollars for it, but to me it's money already spent. So like. If I look at it this way, like, out of that 120, I just got a complete Paper Mario, which goes for, like, 80. And then Mario Kart complete goes for, like, 40. That's the 120 right there, just for those two games. Um, so, I, you know, it was a lot, but I, I feel pretty good about that. You know? I'm so glad Paper Mario was not munched on. I, <laughs> dude, I looked at I'm like, holy shit, I had no idea it was so expensive. Um, I don't actually own F-Zero X, so I'll have to buy a loose car. I actually get this. I don't own Super Mario 64. What? I do not own that I game. I did. I did. I don't know. I think it was stolen. Um, and not like my Game Boy or Dreamcast stolen where my parents pawned it. I think it was legit stolen. Um, so, yeah, I don't have that anymore. And then – but but back in the day, like I played it so much. Like I erased my file and did the 120 stars like over and over again. Like I played that game to death. Mm-hmm. And then Super Mario, and then I have Super Mario sixty four DS as well. So like when I started collecting, I was like, eh, whatever. Like I I have played that game to death. Like even if I rebuy that cart, I'm probably will. I can't imagine I'll play it anytime soon. And then I already have a version of the game, so um, it never occurred to me to rebuy it. Just never felt necessary. But now that I have the box. I'll just get the like the loose cart or something. I'll, uh, you know, I'll flip some some games that I have and then just. Pick up that loose card. Same thing with F Zero X. F Zero Series. I'm not super big into. it. I know you love it, but that's never been a big thing. I've never had any inclination to. Have you played uh, X? I have not. One of the most fun things in in F Zero X is they have this like death race thing where it's just a uh, race the clock and you have to like kill everybody else on the track as fast as you can. Wait, kill them with what? How? 
With your car, you just spin around and check them into walls and stuff what? until they no, explode. No, that sounds awesome. Like, see, that's, yep. see, that kind of stuff is like, like I really, I actually did like F Zero GX. Um, I did like that game, but my, but a lot of that relied on the fact that it was so super fast and silky smooth and really pretty. Like it was actually a lot of it was independent of the franchise, I guess. N sixty four has like two of those three. It's sixty frames per second. So yeah. okay. So, I mean, well, you know, I'll pick it up. I'll give it a shot. But that sounds cool because, to I me, mean, just like the games are just like, especially like the first one, it's just so boring. And yeah, yeah. I'm not big on the Super Nintendo game. Um, even even like the Game Boy Advance ones, I'm just not. I have not played any of those. I I have. So, didn't we get one in the Ambassador program too? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't into those, but I did like GX. I will I will say that I was into that. So, I'll give X a go that because that Death Race does sound pretty cool. Does it sound fun? Yep. Um, but yeah, I was, I was super excited for that auction. Cause I, you know, right now, like we've talked about this before where the SNES games right now are in a bubble, like they are very expensive and I, I can see within the next five years, N64 games are going to see the same thing. They've already seen a bit of inflation. Um, try getting Conker's Bad Verde. I had no idea that game's so expensive. It's ridiculous. Um, so they've already seen some inflation in the past, you know, three years or so, but I give it five years when, you know, people who were, you know, maybe 10 years old at the time are now like 30 or so, and they get like weepy and nostalgic and they have some disposable income, those games are only going to get higher. So if you're interested in complete N64 games, I would recommend doing it now. That's my, I, that's my, I mean, I'm doing it. Obviously, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm doing it now um, because I, I think that they'll probably get higher. I think there's like only a couple N64 games I want, and they're ones that are already ex- super expensive. Mm. That's uh, Ogre Battle 64 Ugh. and uh, Harvest Moon 64. Ugh. So, uh, I don't know what to do. I kind of, yeah, there's some, I mean, I'm not going to get, there There aren't very many N64 games I want to get that I don't already own. But most of mine are in loose carts, that's the thing. So, um, and, you know, right now my biggest ones, I want to get boxes for Ocarina of Time Majora's Mask. And it kills me that I don't have those, because I did, I did save those when I was younger. I actually had... I mean, it's a little embarrassing. I actually have, like, a Zelda shrine in my bedroom. Just a, couple, <laughs> just a couple of shelves with, you know, some of my Zelda games and, like, memorabilia and stuff because, I mean, I've always been huge into Zelda. And I had the boxes. I had, the, you know, the, the laser edge, like, holographic front, you know, on the Ocarina of Time under that sticker. They just kind of pasted over it. And, um, and I, I genuinely don't know what happened to those. I didn't throw them away. So I don't know where they went. And that kills me because I, don't, I'm not, I have not even looked those games up on eBay because I have no idea how much they're going to go for. I'm scared. And I have a feeling they're going to go high. And if I can get, like, boxes only, that would be fantastic. But, I mean, even just the box. I have the manuals for some reason. Like I, like I said, I, didn't, I can't imagine I threw away those boxes because I still have the manuals. So I'm, I'm nervous to look at those. Um, I, I would think Majora's Mask wouldn't be that bad because, honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen a non-collector's edition Majora's yeah. Mask boss, box. Most, most of them are. I think Majora's Mask, if I had to guess... That, that quote-unquote collector's edition probably goes for about 50, 40 or 50, if I had to guess. Ocarina of Time, though, because that one actually did have a separate packaging, like, for sure, I I, I would imagine the collector's edition probably gets pricey. I, I can't imagine more than 100 for, like, a complete actual game, like the game and everything. And then I could probably flip the cartridge, but... It's I'm looking expensive. at a Buy It Now... For a hundred dollars for a complete Ocarina of Time Collector's Edition. That's yeah okay yep so yeah that was about right. That doesn't. How much do the carts go for? I mean, how much hypothetically could I flip the cart for? Uh, let's see. 
Oh, I should really go to completed listings here, but just like buy it now, as I'm looking at around like fifty bucks for the cart. Hmm. So if I, even if I could flip it for forty, I mean I'm paying sixty dollars for a goddamn box, but <laughs> everyone knows this is a teamless podcast, and that's the kind of shit we do. Anyway, We're so we, awful, and we, we are. <laughs> I mean, like I said, though, there's not that many I want to do. I'm pretty, you know, I say that now, but there really aren't that many I do want to do. I do want, but I do want to get some of my N64 games complete because, you know, that was um, a particularly, I don't know, meaningful era for me. I don't know. Um, ba boom. Oh, so going back to the mailbag here because we were doing that. Right. I love our tangents. They're fantastic. Like we talk about some great stuff, and we don't even plan on it. I don't even know how we get there half the time. Uh. Chaos Saturn says, uh, at Craig, this question is too upsetting uh, or personal for you. You don't have to answer. Uh, But after your YouTube video, Context Matters, Evolution, the World of Sacred Device, um, I could see how upsetting slash disappointing you are with your parents. Whereas on the podcast, you seem more lighthearted about it. Does it depend on the subject related to your parents, or is it always that hard and upsetting for you to talk about it? And you're just better hiding it on the podcast, as I bet you made some people cry with that YouTube video. So for context, for those of you that don't really watch my videos at all or haven't caught it yet, I've been doing this series called Context Matters. And, um, you know, it was just sort of like a bunch of different ideas that came down to doing this. But the idea is that, you know, I feel like, you know, a lot of people like relate to music from particular eras in their life, like who they were dating or like, you know... I don't know, their school year or whatever. Like, people relate to music. But, you know, I sort of felt like, can can, can, can we can I do that with games? Like, do games represent particular eras of my life? And it turns out, as I was brainstorming that, they did. Unfortunately, the narrative tied to that is not very awesome, because as I'm sure some listeners at least know, my past kind of sucks. Um, so I do- started doing this and trying to give a little more, I don't know, like weight to the memories that we have for video games. They're not just play things. They're not disposable. Like, sometimes they're really attached to who we are. And, uh, so Context Matters, Evolution of the World Sacred Device, that was the first game I got with my Dreamcast. And, uh, I saved up for that. I bought that. That was a big deal for me. My parents pawned my Dreamcast. Like, I was actually in the hospital. I was in the hospital for, like, a week or two. And they didn't visit me at all. They didn't come to see me. Um, but they took that opportunity to pawn my Dreamcast, so, uh, that sucked, and that's why Evolution is kind of meaningful to me, even though it's a very mediocre dungeon crawler. Um, as for how I'm discussing it, I guess it just depends on, not necessarily the subject matter, but the context in which it's brought up. I mean, when I'm trying, when I'm sharing it in terms of that YouTube video, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to paint this picture for the first time. It does get kind of hard. There's a point in the video where I have this really pregnant pause and I thought about editing it out and I didn't, I left it in there because that's just how hard it can be. Sometimes it's not, I I don't mind talking about it. It it happened and what the fuck am I supposed to do about it? You know, but, um, you know, sometimes it's, it is, it's a little more lighthearted. It's easy to joke about it, but other times it's not, it really just depends. Um, he goes on to say, have you ever, uh, have you ever met your parents or siblings after you left your parents and was your dad nicer than your mom? As all the bad stories I recall seem to involve your mom and not your dad. Um, yeah, I often say parents, but I usually mean my mom. Um, growing up, I mean, I'm just going to lay it out there. My parents were abusive drug addicts. Uh, we were poor. They were, I mean, when I was much younger, it was a little bit better, but it really went downhill right around when I was eight. Um... My dad 
was he had a short temper and he liked to express that physically. Uh, he would hit us with whatever it was it a clothes hanger, shoe, didn't matter. Um, my mom, though, was way worse because being hit, I mean, that's temporary, but like my mom was just, she was vindictive and just shitty as fuck. Like she's, she's literally the worst person I personally know, my mom. Um, so my dad was, I guess, <laughs> relatively speaking, was nicer. He's nicer now. My dad's mellowed the fuck out. My dad, I don't know if that's from years of smoking pot or just old age <laughs> or whatever. My dad is mellow as shit now. And he, and he's not apologetic. He's about, a, he's about as close as you get to being apologetic for the past as you can be without being apologetic. Like, it seems like there's some guilt there, and he just doesn't know what to do about it. Um, and I, and you know what, long ago, I, you know, I, I used to want an, apar- an apology from my parents, but then I thought, you know what, if they're just cool going forward, that's not perfect, we're not going to be the Brady Bunch, but I can live with that. But my, my mom just isn't, like, she's the, still the same shitty person she's always been, and I've tried, and I've tried, and I actually haven't talked to my mom in over three years. Or might even be more specific that she hasn't talked to me. I don't think, to be frank, I don't think she likes me very much. Um, and this is going to sound self-aggrandizing, but it's because I'm better than she is. I know, I know that sounds almost like comical that I'm saying that, but I finished high school. I got a decent job. You know, I'm not reliant on my parents like she is to for subsistence, you know? And I think that bothers her. I think instead of being happy that her child did better than she did, she hates it. She hates it. So I don't think she likes me very much. Um, unfortunately, my dad is a package deal with my mom. You know, I've tried to talk to my dad separately. It just doesn't work out. You know, I could have a relationship with my dad, but it's just not there. Um, I do talk to my siblings, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I do talk to my siblings. Um, the story's actually a bit more complicated than that. My dad's actually not my real dad. I've never met my real dad. He walked out before I was even born. And I, you know, it's kind of hard not to take that personally. But then again, you know, if you're involved with my mom, you really can't blame him. (laughs) Um, and I actually have half siblings. Like my, my siblings are technically half siblings. My dad is technically not my real dad. I view them as my, I view them as my real family, of course, but I do have like siblings from like my biological father that I really don't know. They don't know I exist. That's really weird. I've met them like in public. Like I know who they are. Like I know who my real dad is and I know who my siblings are. And I remember one night I was out drinking and I was, you know, I was a little tipsy and like the dude next to me, I'm like, fuck, that looks like one of my brother's. And, like, he started talking to someone else. He introduced myself. I'm like, fuck, that's my brother. Like, I'm right now. And then he started talking to me. And I'm like, fuck, I can't. I'm not sober enough to handle this right now. You need to go away, dude. Do you just, like, look for big red afros? Is that uh, how you... He was bald. He, he, he shaved oh. his head. He was... He, uh, uh, yeah, he didn't have any hair. Um, no, nah, I mean, and it's just surreal. That's just weird. No, I know that because I met... I don't know how I met... The, his his younger brother. I don't know how I met him, but I did. I'm like, shit, like that's I'm related to him. And then uh, this guy looked just like him. I'm like, fuck, this looks like my other brother. And it turns out he, that's because he was my brother. I remember I remember one time when I, this is getting so out of hand. This podcast can be so long because of this. One time when I was working at McDonald's, right? Um, my that was uh, that was like in what I consider my hometown. Uh, it's where my grandparents live, and that's where I spent most of my years growing up. We moved around a lot, but um, my real dad still lives there. He graduated from high school there. He still lives there. And, um, one of my coworkers, you know, he was, I don't know, he was like in his forties or something like that. He was really well known. He's such a cool guy. So he's really well known in town. He knows everyone. And he said something about how my real dad's name is Rex. I almost, I almost ended up being Rex Jr. And I'm like, I'm thank fucking God. I'm not Rex. You know, my mom actually named me after another ex-boyfriend to spite him. So I, what I, the fuck is wrong with your mother? My mom is, dude, you don't, I could go on, I could have a whole 
show about how fucked up my upbringing was. It was bad. Um, so yeah, my mom named me after another ex to spite my dad, my real dad, because he wanted to name me after him. Um, and I'm like, holy shit, that's my dad. My coworker's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, that's my real father. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, he couldn't believe it. I'm like, yeah, that's my real dad. He's like, oh, he's right over there if you want to talk to him. I'm like, fuck no. And then I was off shift while Rex was still there. And as I was leaving, my coworker shuts up, have a good night, Mr. Lupinski. And I ran out. And then like, and the next day, my coworker's like, you, I have never seen that guy's head turn all the way around. Like so fucking fast. Cause I have my, that's my mom's maiden name. I do have my mom's maiden name. I don't have, um, her married name. So, uh, yeah, no, that was fucking weird. So of course he knew like Mr. Lipinski, he knew that's, that was me. So <laughs> that was fucking weird, dude. <laughs> so yeah, that's, 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 that's my life. That's, <laughs> <ta-da>. <laughs> see, see with my family, even like when we were poor or when my parents were fighting with each other and thank God they got divorced. Like even when all that shit was going on or like my mom was working so many hours, she couldn't even like watch us a lot during the day. There was no like. Uh, there was no hate towards the kids, you know, mm. none of that ever bled over onto any of us, any ill will between my parents. So I think that helped a lot. Um, but that, that mostly bled out for my mother into me. I mean, I, like I said, I think it was a lot of it is like, I really, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I'm, I'm a pretty smart, reasonably talented dude. Like I'm, I'm an, I'm an all right guy, you know, and she just doesn't like that because she's not, you know? And I think also she sort of is sort of resentful about, I mean, she had him when she was like 20, which is not super young, but it's, it's not old, you know, especially when you're a high school dropout and the dude left, you know? So I think there's some resentment there. My sister is definitely my mom's favorite, like hands down. Uh, maybe not now. Like no one really talks to my mom anymore, <laughs> but oh, cause she's such a bitch. Like my brother, my brother, my brother's wife had a child before my brother met her. We love that little girl. Like she's a part of the family. It doesn't fucking matter. Like we adore her. My mother had the nerve to text message my brother and saying like, that's not your real daughter. I don't know why. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Like, this is like, you. this is calm. I don't have to exaggerate about my mom, about how evil she is because real life seems fucking surreal as it is. But that's the kind of shit that she does. And, um, I, I, she totally resents me, but she's definitely, my sister's definitely her favorite, um, or was anyway. Um, I, you know, she didn't take out, she wasn't at, no, I actually come to think of, she wasn't as unpleasant to my brother either, but he she, he wasn't her favorite either, so. But, um, yeah, she was rotten asshole to me, like way more than my brother, so. I, I can't picture, like, my mom being mean to me. She loves me so much. When I was, when I was, when I was, how old was I? I was six. And I used to draw a lot. Like, my creativity comes out through, like, writing and, like, my videos and stuff now. But I used to draw a lot. And I'm not as, like, good as, like, you or, like, other people. But because I never really, like, formally kind of pursued it. I just doodled and I was good at it. And I remember when I was six, I kind of – I didn't trace or anything. I just kind of taught myself, like, um, object placement and, like, shadowing. And it looked kind of cool. I thought they looked 3D. I thought my pictures looked 3D is what I said. And I remember I drew some, like, Ninja Turtles and stuff, and I got, like, shadowing on, like, on the bandanas. Like, it looked like the bandanas were on their head rather than – instead of drawing, like, a bean and then, like, two lines going across it for, like, the bandana. Like, I actually drew it like the bandana was on their heads. I was very proud of this. And I remember very distinct – I'm not making this up. I brought it home. I drew this in school. I brought it home to show my mom. And I said, look, it looks 3D. Look how cool she, – she turned to me and said, so what? I can do that too. <laughs> that is the worst mother <laughs> And you're like, it's funny because it's almost it like... It is funny because it's so like, it's 
like fucking sitcom level like bad, like something Arrested Development would do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and a lot of love. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, it is pretty bad. We're wasting a lot of time on this. I apologize if no one's really interested. This is a video game podcast, but um, yeah, I could talk at length about this stuff because there's just a million and one situations that came up. It's really bad. Um, but yeah, I saw a relationship with my siblings, my siblings that I grew up with, uh, um, who don't look anything like me. They all have dark skin and dark hair. Um, my dad, I could, but I don't. My mom, definitely not. No way. I, can't, I just can't. Like, I gave up. And I think she did too, so. Uh, he goes on here. Uh, again, this is Chaos Saturn for those who forget. <laughs> he says, at everyone, on a later note, to help aid your podcast exclusive grocery shopping segment, if you guys hate it so much, why not order online and get it delivered to your house? Uh, I like to shop at Trader Joe's and they don't do online delivery, so. Yeah, I don't, I shop at, I don't think the store, I have two, two bigger grocery stores um, near me, like right near me. And the one that I prefer to go to, I don't think delivers either. I think the other one does, but I don't. They're basically, like, the one I don't go to is basically Walmart, and the one I do go to is, like, Target. And so, like, they basically sell the same things, but one's super shitty and one's not. And I go to the one that's not. And I'm pretty sure they don't deliver. Plus, I'm sure, like, grocery store delivery's got to be expensive, right? I don't know. I have no idea. And plus... I mean, somebody has to run around, pick all this shit up for you, and then drive it to your house. Plus, I have to, like, think ahead about what I want. And just sometimes, like, if I... Like, cause I because of the hypertension, and because I, I actually like fruits and vegetables, I do buy a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. And I just don't want some motherfucker throwing whatever the fuck he wants in the bag. All right. You gotta pick out... You gotta pick out fruits and vegetables yourself. You know? And I also eat, you know, like, salmon and chicken. I'm gonna pick that out myself. Yep. So, yeah, especially like even when you're just going through like the meat section, going like what what looks good for dinner later this week. And well, just... right, exactly. Like there's a little. I mean, I go in with a vague idea of what I want because I eat basically the same thing over and over again. Um, but you know, I do like a little bit of browsing. So, yep. Even though I hate the actual act, I have to browse while I'm doing this thing that I hate. <laughs> Dude, the funniest thing I, I had to run to the grocery store. Uh, Yesterday or the day before, I can't remember to, to buy some milk. So I was making pancakes and they needed milk in the batter. So I just ran over to the grocery store like early in the morning, and like I guess that's when single dudes like to shop because there's just like <laughs> five guys just like standing around with their just single shopping cart, not the shopping cart, the handheld baskets, and just staring at shelves and not fucking moving. And the time it took me to like run over, get milk, and like run back to the uh, check out. I don't think a single one of those dudes moved at <laughs> all. Just, every single one of them just, just standing there. Daring at shelves. Nice. That's fantastic. Um, let's see here. At Seth, the best DS ROM cart is the Supercard DS2, as Nintendo cannot patch it with software. So it's future proof unless uh, they bring out a new 3DS model. But uh, so. Uh, they did not patch it when the 3DS XL came out. So I guess they don't care about it. Uh, also, the free McBoot hack for the PS2 does not work on the very latest models as the exploit was fixed. But there's very few of those. So it's unlikely people uh, would have them. I think you should buy two memory cards and copy the McBoot ESR save data to them, uh, to the memory cards, which installs the hack to the card, and then send them to Craig and, and Chris. So... They don't have to buy Swap Magic and just pay you for the price of a memory card. Yeah, drag racing! 
<laughs> going to become a free McBoot freaking memory card seller. No, um... For a while, you can buy the memory cards for dirt cheap at Walmart. Like, if you find a Walmart that has them, like, some, some of them some of them will have them for, like, full price. Like, $30, you can fuck off. But some of them had them for, like, $8. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll buy this for $8. I, I think I remember looking at the Supercard DS2, and that thing was, like, 40 60 bucks, like, more expensive than every other um, But it's future-proof. Card. That's why they're charging the premium, because they know they can. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, like, if... I, I, honestly, I think they're done, like, updating DSi firmware anyway. I can't picture any future. I don't think so. Yeah, they're pretty much done with that, I would imagine. So I think I'm good. Um, but, like, if that ever does happen, I guess I'll know where to uh, where to look. And, yeah, free McBoot should be easy to copy over, I guess. I never even thought about that, just uh, copying everything over to a memory card once it's installed. Uh, to different memory cards, anyway. So, if either of you dudes want some, I say either, but it's only you here, Craig. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you know, throw that. Uh, do you, do you have any spare cards? You want me to like send you one? I don't know what I have. I just ordered like two more coming in the mail, but they're like shipping with something I pre-ordered, so they're going to come like sometime mid-May. So okay. I'm going to have extras. I'm not in any rush, but yeah, if you want to send that out, do you want money for mischief makers? Um, you tell me. You can look at it. Okay, yeah, send me pictures and I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll shoot you something. All right. Um, yeah, and if you want to throw in a memory card, I'll pay for that too. If you don't, if you do or don't need the memory card, I don't, I don't want to presume. I only needed, I only needed one, but I could only find like two packs of like those red, blue, two yeah, packs that they come yeah, in. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, those are pretty common even more recently. Yeah, yeah, I'll shoot you a price or something. Um... And then he says again, add everyone. I also, also, I have listened to all your podcast episodes, and I think the early episodes are not too bad and worth a listen. But if people don't have much free time, I would recommend their start at around 100. You know, it's funny because I'm really hard on the early episodes, but a lot of people are like, oh, they're not too bad. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe you just have lower standards. I don't know. But uh, I, I seem to re- us remember having like one very vocal critic of our early episodes. Oh, yeah. The one, yeah, he was, yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. He, I don't think he listens anymore. He certainly doesn't comment. He was very vocal. Um, and, you know, and for the record, uh, you know, this is this is something I throw out there occasionally just so people are aware. If you want to listen to earlier episodes, I recommend going to the website and then downloading them from there. The right, right-click here to save link. Because the way archive.org works is that... Uh, in the URL, the first string of numbers, if you look at the, the actual URL, that string of numbers is the server name. And I'm sure these are all virtualized because archive.org probably hosts a, a fuck ton of shit. And they occasionally move stuff around. Your stuff will no longer be on the server. So what happens is the URL changes. They also have static URLs for things. So like you don't, so the link doesn't break. The problem is iTunes does not accept the static URL for the feed. It only accepts the one with the server name in it. So a lot of the earlier episodes, if you're trying to download from iTunes, may be broken because they moved servers and the URL changed. However, on the site, I've used all static URLs, so then you can you can download them freely from there. But don't listen to them. They're awful. I know. You can start around... Well, I, you know what? I have no qualms. Starting around 100, that's not too bad. <laughs> Well, 100 was like 18 episodes ago. I hope we're fucking better by then. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I would even start... I mean, you could even start maybe even at 50 or 70. I mean, even earlier in that. If you really want to. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. But, you know, if you're bored and you want to listen to us prattle on, yeah, go for it. 
We we used to have girls on here before, like yeah. Chris scared them all off. <laughs> yeah, we used to have Fran and Steph. Yeah, I miss Fran. I miss yeah, Fran. I hear about her too. too often. But you hate Stephanie so much. I love Steph. Nah, I I really like Fran. Well, because I used to talk to Fran a lot. Like Fran and I would actually we we talked a lot. Like we we were. We were, I don't want to say close, but we are very friendly. Um, but she's doing well now. You know, she's doing, you know, occasionally speak. I always got the impression that she kind of hated me and just put up with me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's, I don't know. I got that impression. Oh, man, that's funny. Um, and that's it. That's all those sort of feedback. Again, uh, teamless.net. Uh, hit up the mailbag. And now let's talk about some games we've been playing. And uh, actually, we have some joint games. Seth and I played some multiplayer games. With a couple of our friends, uh, actually a brother and sister duo. Oh, yeah, those two. Those two. We played uh, some Mario Kart 7 and Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon with our friends uh, Zach and Marissa. And that was, that was, that was a lot of fun. I, I really haven't done a lot of multiplayer with anybody, even randoms or whatever, lately. So I, I had a blast with that. And then... I, I will say that I did not think uh, Luigi's Mansion Online was as fun as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it, no, it really isn't as fun as I. You no, know, I, I will agree with that. It, it's still good. Like I like it, and I would play it again. Actually, we're mm-hmm. playing. We're playing three. We've got another uh, meet up tonight, so I'm down for playing it again tonight. But um, yeah, it really wasn't as fun as I thought it'd be. There's just not enough ghosts. Like you're too busy hunting for the ghosts rather than busting them, sucking them in, or yep. whatever. And then you have that weird like red coin dash at the end. And, and if you haven't visited all the rooms and, like, one of the coins is in that room, it's not going to show up on your map and, uh Yep, yep, nope, I agree. Um, I almost kind of like the Polter Pup one better than the regular yeah. Ghost Hunt. And I hate the Polter Pup in the single-player mode, so um, I actually kind of like the multiplayer mode with him more, though. Because there's, I mean, because you're doing a little bit, like, you're you're not just wandering from room to room humping all the furniture. Like, you're just, you know, you're using you're using the black light to hunt down the floor. But you're actually doing something a little more proactive and then they just kind of spring out, and then you know it's a little more it's a little more active, I think. Yeah, even when your screen turns black and you can't see anything, Craig yeah, like, starts to play. I'm pretty sure like Craig had to go to the bathroom or make himself a drink or something. He's like, "Oh, my screen's black, guys! I can't play." <laughs> no, my screen turned black, but the thing is, I wasn't disconnected. We were talking on Skype. Uh, through this, so like my screen turned black, but I was still moving. Like you and Marissa were telling me, like I was still moving around doing stuff, but I could. My screens were com- they were illuminated, like this the LCD like backlight was on, but the, the the it was just pitch black. That's all I could see, and that wasn't did a you gameplay. Have sound? Um, did I have sound? Well, I turned my sound down because you guys were complaining it was too loud, oh, so I don't remember. Um, well, that's fine, but that's why I turned it down. <laughs> all right. Um, but uh, I. Th- there might have been sound, but no, no, there was. I did, you know, I did check there was sound. I just couldn't see anything. And then when the round ended, I got the results screen. So, I mean, it came back. I didn't have to, like, disconnect and reconnect. Or Conveniently, anything. Craig's like, I'm going to take a picture of this. Oh, wait, it's back while, if, while I'm trying to take a picture. I can't prove it, guys. Why would I need to prove it? Because you're a liar? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but no, that was a lot of fun. Uh, then Zach checked out. So the three of us played uh, uh, Kid Icarus up, uh, Uprising. And that was, a, I, I love Kid Icarus. I love the single, I love everything about the game. Best game on the 3DS, hands down. I am awful at this game. I wrecked the, <laughs> the man you got to st- I had par- paw pad orbiters, and I'm shooting you with paw prints. <laughs> it's like so humiliating. I'm like, well, I'm getting beat up by pink. They're pink too. They're little like pink these- paw, yeah, little pink, uh, little cat paws I shoot at you. <laughs> 
It's like getting like if like I'm getting patted to death by a little kitty cat. Things, uh-huh. Yeah, and they're and they're devastating. They're pretty powerful, and they cause they cause like knockback. And I think do those ones cause fire damage? I don't remember. They're not. They're not pleasant. So. They're not pleasant. Um, and then I also have one of my one of the one of my uh, part of my loadout. I have a beam. I have like this huge. That beam, beam is fucking cheap. I hate that beam. <laughs> Seth was calling it the cheater beam, and it's it just, is this massive beam that I just shoot. I mean, it's huge too. Like it's not this little laser, but it's this huge column oh, it's of light. Like, it's like behold, fucking blast. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Yeah. And 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 the thing is, and it stays there. It stays there for like what, like three seconds or something. Like it yep. stays there a while. Yep. And so, if you're anywhere near it, like you're done. Well, there's a stage in Smash Brothers Brawl. It's a, like a Pokemon stage with Palkia and shit in the background. There's every once in a while this beam like comes either horizontally or vertically onto the stage. It's exactly like that stupid ass beam. <laughs> I love. I can only do it twice though. I, I can't. Oh, is that all? Oh, uh, well, play better. Like, like per life? Learn to talk. Yeah, per life, yes. Exactly. Um, I also have mines that I drop, too. And, like, you keep running up to me trying to do I do not attack. see the mines. And I keep, I you can't see them. see them. That's the whole point. So I'm dropping these mines, and you're blowing up. And I'm like, how is this motherfucker not learn? <laughs> I'm shooting paw pads at you. I'm shooting laser beams at you. You're trying to run up to me and, like, exploding. <laughs> well, the weapon I had was, like, mostly melee. Like, it has a... It has a range attack, but it has to. It has like a cooldown, so you got to wait for it to charge back up. Oh jeez! What were you using? I don't know, man. It looks like an ice cream cone to me. I don't know. It's, <laughs> like, it's like it's like a big stick with like blue and red balls on it or something. Oh, okay. Um, did you farm for more weapons? I no, I didn't. Oh, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you end up oh. on my team, but it was like, it was like, cause we had, I mean, it was just three of us. So there was bots filling out the rest of it. But I, I think me and Marissa were usually on a team against like you and like two bots. Like you well, usually means every time, Craig. Yeah. Every time it was me, Marissa and a bot versus you and two bots. And you, you... and then my, my teammates would have names like weakling and, and pussy and shit like that. I'm like, <laughs> oh, why, why are you teaming me with these people? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Seth got destroyed. It was great. I loved every minute of it. It was awful. I hate uh, that game so much. I can't much. wait to play again tonight. I love Kid Icarus. I can't wait to play again tonight. Um, but yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I also played um, Star Command, which is an iOS game I've been waiting for for forever. Uh, I think there was a Kickstarter associated with it. Um, it's a bit like Faster Than Light. It's like a like almost like a sim strategy kind of game where you build your starship. It's not it's not quite as punishing. Um, you hire crew members and you can sign them to rooms. So, like, if you sign someone to, a, you know, a weapon kind of base room, they become, uh, you know, a, a tactical officer. They get a red shirt and they can um, attack enemies as they beam onto your ship. Um, you have a captain. If the captain dies, it's all over. Uh, you have engineers. Um, you have medics, like he- people that can heal uh, blue shirts. And you can hire them from Earth, and then you kind of travel around, almost like an adventure game. Like, oh, there's something happening at you know near Venus, so then you jump to Venus, and um, then there's like there's dialogue. It seems like I haven't played too much of it, but it seems like you might be able to get out of situations with just dialogue, which is diplomacy, which is kind of cool. Um, and then there's ship to ship battles, and there's like these. Oh man, the meters are so slow. You wait for the meters to fill up so you can fire your lasers or your torpedoes, and then the torpedoes take forever because you have to wait. You have to generate the ammo. There's a meter, and then you have to fire it. You have to wait for you, you know, until you can fire it. There's another meter, and then some of these battles are brutal, man. Because then 
the enemies will beam on your ship, so you're attacking back and forth, and the enemies are beaming on your ship, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. In Star Trek, you can't beam through shields. Why can they beam through shields on Star Command? This is horse shit. Um, so they're beaming onto my ship, and I have to I have to pull my, my tactical officers from their weapons rooms to fight the incoming enemies, and it's like, so then I can't fight the ship. I was just screwed, man. I, I, I mean, part of it was because I was playing poorly, but the game doesn't fuck around even from the get-go so i'm like how am i supposed to do this and then i and then i died i died but it's really nice. cool it's three bucks um i don't i'm pretty sure it's supposed to come out on android if it's not already but it's definitely on ios i've been playing i played it on my ipad mini i, I can't imagine playing it on on the phone um if that's your phone or ipod if that's all you have i mean it might be worth a shot but i was playing on the ipad and i enjoyed it i you know i sucked but <laughs> i'll give it another go um, and I also played a game on the Saturn called, uh, Vatva, uh, V-A-T, what? yeah, right, V, it's, it, it's missing a vowel, I think, it's V-A-T-L-V-A, Vatva, Vatva, and, um, this, this is, this is, it's a Japanese game, um, and it was actually done by Yuzo Koshiro's Ancient Studio, so it's got Yuzo Koshiro music in it as well, which is fantastic, um, it's, uh, it's a car combat game. It's not like Vigilante 8 or Twisted Metal. It's all overhead view, and it's super silly. Your car, your car controls like a bar of soap. Um, it just has so much momentum. Like, up moves your car forward, left and right kind of spins it around. So you're like, you're just kind of like swinging around all over the place. Uh, if you clamp down on L and R, that kind of stops you in place. So those are like basically your brakes, and then you can tap left or right to kind of spin in place. Uh, and it uses like all six buttons, which is crazy. So like you have you can uh, you have shields, you have your health, and you have shields. Shields generate super slow, but then there are pickups you can get on the map that give you more. And you're impervious when you have your shields up, but they slow they that meter decreases when you have your shield up. And um, you have like like a machine gun attack or like a missile attack that have slight homing capabilities. You have like a a short range, almost like a knife or something that comes out of the front of your car. And uh, there are some, there are a few like environmental hazards as well, and uh, it's it's actually a lot of fun. Um, it can support up to six players too if you have like a multi tap, and uh, it's no, it's it's pretty fun. It gets really hard if you're playing like single player, like the first like six matches or whatever, or like you're like whatever, wrecked your shit. And then what's cool is like when the people like their car explodes and like the little you see like little little I don't know pixelated people kind of like blow out of it and they like land on the ground and they can run their fucking asses <laughs> over. <laughs> Oh, it's great! It's like rubbing like dirt in their wound. It's great. Uh, I'm looking at the the box art for this game. It's like Japanese wacky racers or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like. Yep. And uh, but then like when you get through like the the actual like I don't know cast of characters, you get to like I don't know like the elite four basically or whatever. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's like three of them, and they're dicks. That was hard. Um, but the game's a lot of fun. I did not pay a lot for it. I came across it. I don't know. Incidentally, on like YouTube, and I bought I bought it a little while ago. There's actually a spiritual successor. There's a follow up to it called. If you think that was a bad name, it's called Car Battler Joe, and that's that's actually in English on the Game Boy Advance, and it uses a lot of the same ideas, but wraps up in an RPG where you can like upgrade your car and stuff. Um, and I have I have a loose car to that. I like to get it in the box, but uh, that's actually pretty good too. If you I mean you'd rather play something in English on a on a system you might actually have. Um, you know, Car Battler Joe is actually pretty fun, but that was more multiplayer focused. You know, it's like a like Smash Brothers of wacky car games, I guess. 
Um, but that's pretty fun. Um, did you look it up on eBay? Uh, no, I was uh, just image search. I was kind of curious about how much it goes for these days, but um, no, I was having a lot of fun with that. I played a few other things. I actually played a, quite a bit more Monster Hunter. My 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 Circle Pad Pro XL came in, so I picked Monster Hunter back up. I'm still not still not very far at all. I mean, we're talking like 15 hours or so here and there. When wait, I wait, if you're stuck on an island with your Circle Pad Pro, can you just like hop in it and just paddle your way to the mainland? <laughs> It's so big. Um, you know, the thing is, though, like, it's just, it's 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 like the first one where, like, you know, you, you get and you think it makes your your 3DS look comically big, but then when the more you use it, yeah, you're not going to stick it in your back pocket or anything, but it doesn't seem that big the more you use it. It just, it's comfortable. It adds to the game. Um, obviously, on the XL, it's kind of Mastodonian. It's like, it's basically the same thing, just blown up. Um, but I like it. Like, it's it's really comfortable. I don't know. I, it, it's easy to make fun of, but they're really useful. So it's it's hard to it's hard to fault them. Well, you could say that they should have been there in the first place. You can you can say that. Yep, I don't disagree. I don't know. That might have been technical because the the the, the CircuitPod Pros run on infrared. I mean, the games that use them are looking at the infrared port. Mm-hmm. So if it was say built into the XL, I don't know if Nintendo can use like software in the hardware to psych out those games and think they're looking at the infrared port, you know, when they use the, yeah, they have to like maybe even like build an actual infrared port, like within it or something where right. it just raids through all the way to the circle pad. Right. Exactly. So they, there would have to be some finagling. I mean, I don't know if it's possible. I'm not an engineer, so it might be possible. I'm just saying like, there might be some technical hurdle where Nintendo was like, ah, fuck it. Just make a bigger soap dish. <laughs> Uh, is that still only on from Nintendo's website? The yep. only place you can get it? Yeah, the only place you can get it is store.nintendo.com, and then you click on 3DS and you click on parts. It's $20, but it doesn't even ship in a, in a retail box. You just kind of get it in a box that's like eight sizes bigger than the thing is itself. It's like a giant fucking Indiana Jones crate, and it's just filled with those air, those air-filled plastic bubbles, and it's just buried in there just by itself. A lot of stuff that you buy off there, yeah, they don't have bar. Like I remember when I bought component cables for my GameCube a long ass time ago from them. They don't like, need they to. Just, it's a waste of yeah, money, they, really. They just came in a bag. They just, <laughs> yeah, it's a waste of money. I understand, but I mean, like the first one came in a box, but that's because it was sold at GameStop as well. This mm-hmm. one's not even sold there. It's only at it's only at store.nintendo.com. And I recommend if you have a, if you have an XL and you have Resident Evil or Metal Gear Solid, Kingdom Hearts, Mo- especially Monster Hunter, I. Highly recommend picking it up. I would imagine you need it for my, like how else do you swim? That's that's the biggest part. Like, well, there's a virtual. You can customize your bottom screen to have like health meters or access to this or that. Or it's actually kind of neat that you can do that. But one of the things you put down there is a virtual D-pad. And some people some people have said it's not so bad. Some people think that the virtual D-pad actually works well. But that's how you would use the camera and how you would swim. But like, nope. I would rather pay the twenty dollars and swim like a normal human being. Yeah, I mean, I can picture using it for the camera, all right, but I don't know. For swimming, it just seems like that would not work well. Well, because swimming is already awkward. As Even with the second circle pad, it's still, like, weird. You can still, like, lose yourself and be like, and get all upside down trying to fight monsters. <laughs> and then trying to position yourself so you can actually, you know, gut them. But um, I've, been playing, I've been playing a bit of that, and I'm glad I'm getting back into it. I really enjoy it, but I'm not very... Not far at all. All things considered, all Monster Hunter things considered, 
you know, 15, 20 hours, wherever I'm at is not, not very far. Uh-huh. I'm trying to get a freaking, I mean, this is, this is for, for perspective. I'm trying to get a pair. I'm using dual blades. I've been into those and I, I didn't use them in try. So I kind of, I kind of, um, I'm kind of digging them. And I'm trying to get like this Ludroth pair. Um, and Ludroth are a very early monster. Like there's like these big alligator, uh, Komodo dragon looking things. And man, I think that they're supposed to drop the things I need for, but they just haven't. I've, I've destroyed like the entire Ludroth population and I'm missing a couple of things. I'm like son of a bitch. I just really want a new pair of dual blades, please. So this isn't linked to that whole uh, thing where you only get certain drops depending on oh, when that you started. Weird table your... thing? I don't. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't All think right. that's linked to that. Yeah, I forget the specifics of that. Some Monster Hunter Three Ultimate games are jacked with their drop tables. Uh, they're actually kind of broken. So um, I don't think that's linked to this. And I don't. I actually don't think. I think I checked, and I don't think I have that problem anyway. Um, do you have Ultimate, either one? Yeah, I have it on uh, Wii U. Oh, cool. Have you played it very much? I played it, like, two days in a row, but I don't know, I put, like, ten, ten hours into it, maybe. Well, so we're still we're still pretty comparable. We should, we should uh, team up and do some stuff, you know, sometime soon, considering that we're not, we're, neither one of us is very far. Mm-hmm. So we should... Uh, we can do that. We can right, do right. that. Uh, so that's that's what I've been playing. How about you? Uh, I've been playing, uh, the only new game I've played, well, besides a bunch of games with you, is, uh, Monaco. Oh, how, which, I really want to play that. Alright. Uh, for those who don't know, it's a, it's a 2D, like, overhead heist game, and basically, uh, basically multiplayer folks, I'm sure you could do it solo, but you really want to team up with other people and play. Um, when I first started it, it was confusing as hell, like, I didn't know what I'm looking at. Like, the entire level's presented as a map. Like a like a schematic map that you see like in a heist movie where everything's like laid out like foyer and uh, uh, safe and stuff like that, but only the room you're in like shows as like an actual room. Like, like all the other rooms that you're not in like still look like a map. So uh, at first I was like, why why is why does this not look like an overhead building? It's because it looks like a fucking map unless you're in the specific room that you're in. Then that like all lights all the way up. Um, Everything's marked on there. You want to, like, break into each building and uh, usually involves moving up two or three floors, stealing something, and then exiting. But each uh, person that you could choose has their own special ability. Like, I was using a guy called the Sleeper mostly. When you you walk up behind somebody and push against them and they don't know you're there, then they, like, fall asleep for a certain amount of time, like guards or whatever. Um, There's also, like, the mole. He could break through a lot of walls or, like, dig through... uh, hole or dig through rocks and such in levels there's um uh, who else i think there's the lookout he you could he could see like in more rooms than just the one you're in so there's like a lot of different abilities i think there's like eight people overall and you unlock more as you play uh so what you want to do you got you want to work together with uh the three other people you're playing with or how many other people you're playing with and you basically just want to get through these levels without being seen by guards and pick up all the different gold scattered along the way and then also get uh the object that you're trying to steal the main object and then make your way back out hopefully without being seen but that is a really it's just really damn hard to do there's like so many guards especially in later levels and then there's cameras and there's cameras linked to turrets 
So you really have to uh, plan your way through these levels, which, you know, the people I was playing with most of the time just would just go, I got fuck it, just run in and do your own thing. (laughs) But it works out. Most people online, like I, I like, I prefer playing something that's a little more, I don't know, class based or team based, like online rather than just free for all shooting dudes. Mm-hmm. And but nobody fucking cooperates online ever at all. Everyone thinks they're fucking John fucking Rambo and they're going to do everything all themselves, and it's really annoying. Well, I was playing with friends too, and we we're oh like talking. God. We're talking on Steam chat, so <laughs> really, worse. we have no excuse. Yeah, yeah, no, we have no bad. excuse. We're just all awful. Like even like when three of us would be working together, like there'd just be one person who just like go, "Whoops, sorry guys, hit that <laughs> alarm." Because. But, uh, like, you get, there are weapons. You could get, like, usually there's one weapon that you could pick up at the beginning of level, and you could, like, fire that once. Like, maybe it's a shotgun or a smoke grenade or something. And then there's, like, coins scattered around. If you collect ten coins, then you get, like, one more ammo for your weapon. So you, you have them, but they're, like, for very uh, – they're for emergencies. You don't have, like, tons of ammo for them at all. Mm. And there's just, like, so many things to screw over. There's, like – um. There's doors that are alarmed, so if you go, you could go through the door. But then, if you go through, it's going to trip the alarm and it's going to alert a bunch of guards. Can you tell and ahead of time, can you be like, "Oh, this you, is alarmed," or like, "Yeah, you fucked. can." It has like a little hand sign on. So what you need is you need to do is like hack a a computer near you, and you do everything just by like walking into it. Like you don't press a button to interact with things; oh, just so walk into like, it. This is like the ease of heist games. Yep. Yep. Well, as far as controls go, like just trying to stay hidden—that's really where the where the main challenge is. So, like, you press against a computer terminal, like a little thing fills up, and it's like attacked. And then, like, it, it'll there's like a power grid that goes through the levels too, and like your little hack thing will—it's hard to explain. Like the the power grid's connected to like um, the the alarmed doors or the cameras and stuff like that. If you hack a computer. There's these little things that fall through the through the power grid, and if they like land over that door, then that door is uh, safe for that time being. You could go through it, or if it goes past that camera, then that camera is off during that time. Uh, there's actually like one of the one of the characters is a hacker, and he has even more uh, places where he could hack things. Like he could hack things through like voltage uh, ports. I don't. He's like R two D two or something. I don't know. <laughs> But, he sticks out the whole cylinder and just spins it around, whatever. Exactly. So, I mean, if you have him, then he could hack more things. Uh, there's also, like, disguises that you could find, and the disguises have a meter on them. If you stay close to to uh, uh, guards for too long, then eventually they'll realize you're not, um, not one of them. So, uh, I don't know. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. At first, I was just, like, confused as shit and had no idea what I was doing. But then the more I played, the more everything started clicking. It sounds so, really hard, but it sounds like a lot of fun. Like, I don't have a PC, so I can't play it. The, the, Mac, the Mac port is coming, like, whenever. It's this really ambiguous thing. But it's also coming to Vita. So, um, I don't know. I kind of want to get it for Vita because, you know, I like playing my handhelds. But if it's more multiplayer-focused, that might be a bunch of tumbleweed. So Yeah, I can't think of... I mean, like, just get like, the, I mean, it's not expensive. It's like $10, $15. Like, I might just get both, whatever. But honestly, Brian gave it to me. He's all like, I need people to play this game. He bought, like, a four-pack of the of from steam so he's like if you want to code i was like sure oh nice so. that's cool yeah no i'll probably be a sucker and buy it twice when if it comes out though for those platforms yeah but no it's pretty fun right on and that's all you've been playing uh yes yeah, like from namco cross capcom i swear to god these levels these levels as i started i started one of the levels like two hours before this podcast i finished right in time for recording <laughs> Uh, no, that's all I've been playing. All right. Well, uh, unless you have anything like that, we can wrap this uh, episode up. Nope.
I got to go to Home Depot, so let's go. All right. Well, I got to go mooch a dinner for my grandparents. So um, that that's that. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening, and until next time, you guys take it easy. Peace. <laughs>